Hey everybody, it's the Pop Culture Philosophers. Coming to you live from the Huntsville Attic in beautiful Huntsville, Alabama. Excited for tonight's show. I say that all the time and and then I, I they backtrack and I was like, oh no, I'm not excited or whatever. This time I really am excited because <laughs> we're going to be talking about 90s horror. So we're talking about films of the 90s, some of our favorite, great decade for horror films. We did a 70s, we did a 80s, and of course now we're doing a 90s. So I really am excited because... We can talk about one of my favorite directors, Sir Wes Craven. I've knighted him. <laughs> I don't him. think he's quite a sir. I've knighted him. Uh, of course, I'm John Hammertoll. John, I can't. I'm John Hammertoll. I'm, I'm John Hammertime Holshoe. With me always, Rockin' Robbie Billups. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? I think, hey, uh, how are you doing? Good. Yeah, I'm doing There's, there's more great, people great. here. I think Robbie was going to introduce <laughs> yeah, those you fine know, folks that joined us. Yeah, probably. Okay, so with us tonight, and I'm very excited, John, along with you to talk about 90s horror. Um, we've done 80s, we've done 70s, why not 90s, right? Why not? That's our era. We we most vividly remember that. You know yeah, what I'm I saying? Yeah, I remember, I also remember that was the probably the time when I could start going to the theater. So, I remember yes. seeing these advertisements for horror films as a kid, but I couldn't go to the movie theater, and now, I could. Yeah. I could. And it was amazing. It like, was yeah. a great decade. And I have a good story, films. you know, we'll get into that. Joining us are other 90s kids, Justin Goldsmith, the Yo, third man. what up? I'm back. You are back. You you've taken a little bit of a break here. Yeah, you've been gone for a little bit. What was the last one? I don't remember. On? But you know, before we got into that, we should have figured yeah. it out. But we didn't. We so anyway, I think you were on sixty sci-fi with us, which wasn't that long ago. To be honest with you, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it wasn't. A, anyway, <laughs> welcome back. Feel? Time and space is relative. You guys. excited to talk about nineties horror? Ex- I am. Yeah, I got a lot of good stuff in here in my notes. Good, good, good. We also have with us returning just. Just Jeremy Day. <laughs> Just Jeremy. <laughs> Just me. But it's great to be back, you guys. Um, I mean, I was recently here, but I've always enjoyed the opportunity. And I like 90s horror, and I just like horror in general. So uh, this seems like a good opportunity. We always appreciate having you on the show, Jeremy. Oh, uh, yeah. I like being here. I think he's all right. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> you can get bent, but that's okay. Oh, Get bent. Like like uh, Rob Thomas said when he did the second album for Maxbox Twenty, get bent. Anyway, what? <laughs> what? Let's just scratch <laughs> this whole show and start <laughs> start over. Let's just start this over. So let's just scratch this. We'll go to do the Michael Keaton podcast that we talked about. Oh man, <laughs> we did not talk about that, John. I have zero notes. I. <laughs> everybody's seen Beetlejuice. That's you right. Yeah, I mean, no lie there. You aren't wrong. So we're talking about 90s horror, uh, a lot of great films, a lot of... 1890s, right? Because that's all my notes. Was there a lot of 1890s well, horror films? We I think there were a Enough couple. to do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, 2090s. We're talking about horror films that we oh, think that... are going to happen eventually. 2090s, that makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. So in 2090, <laughs> when they did Scream 12, yes. they revived the franchise sometime in like 2070. Yeah, they did. Not related to the shitty MTV show. <laughs> anyway, 90s horror. 1990s, to clarify, specify, rectify, rectum. Oh, my God. What is <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm sidetracking here. So, 90s, uh, some great films, some not-so-great films. 
um, some return of some great '80s directors. Uh, it's a, it's there's a lot of garbage straight to DVD. We moved from the '80s straight to VHS to the '90s. Now you got the straight to DVD. So there's a bunch of garbage. Unfortunately, there's a lot of schlock in the '90s. But the '90s also brought some great new uh, stuff. Most importantly, though, I think the 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 really solidified the '90s or or sort of stood out in the '90s or was the dominant, I should say, film type was the teen centric uh, horror films. You have movies like Scream. I know he did last summer. Urban Legend. There's a bunch of other films that tried to capitalize in the s- success of Scream. I mean, Scream was huge, and maybe the probably the most popular '90s horror film. Whether you like it or not, it is. I mean, that's just it was a very successful franchise. You know, even Halloween, H two O, and Resurrection take that route, right? Yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, well, we need this to less focus on the traditional. We need to have teens. Yeah, let's set it in a school or something. And everything kind of went that direction because that was the popular thing. It became a little the faculty, the faculty. Yeah, yeah. So that was, I mean, that was that was the go to if you wanted money. You you're teen centric. That was the big go to thing. I don't know if half of those matched. Uh, the popularity or the or the or the financial success or the quality of Scream, unfortunately, but uh, some garbage, but a lot of good films too. And a lot of those films, by the way, we were talking about Urban Legend, got multiple sequels, and people forget that they had sequels or they were straight <laughs> to DVD because some of these films that were not good still made money, and so if they got sequels, uh, and for no reason, <laughs> for no good reason, yeah, no kid. So what are some of the uh, what do you think defines 90s horror to you guys? Because I said there was a teen-centric, but what, in your mind, really defines 90s horror? I'm going to start with Jeremy. What do you think defines 90s horror? That, that's the, when you think of 90s horror, what pops in your head? Um, basically, like they took the slasher flick to the next level in the 90s, I think. In the 80s, you had a little bit of it like burgeoning. And there was like some, uh, like, I guess, a few. But then in the 90s is where they kind of doubled down on it. Uh, of course, Scream was there to, I guess, influence it. But, I mean, even with stuff like, uh, I mean, A New Nightmare. So, the, a classic fl- a slasher flick, of course. But, I mean, it had a place in the 90s and amongst all the other uh, slasher flicks that were coming out then. You're right. You, you got a sequel to those slasher flicks from the 80s. There's the yeah. new Halloween, the new Friday 13th, the new Nightmare on Elm Street. And then you've got new franchises like Scream. And I know what you did last summer and all that stuff. But uh, I think that was the time where, I guess, I mean, there was a teen aspect of it, but uh, they really doubled down on the whole slasher idea. And, I mean, it focused a lot of, like, slasher teen, teen scenarios, a lot of teenagers getting cut up. But uh, I think that's what the 90s uh, defined horror ass. Oh, absolutely. What about you, Robbie? What do you think? The, do you think it's really just the slashers and the teen whores? I, I think the biggest thing that really separates the 90s from the 80s, and there's there's a lot of, like, you know, like, I don't know, like just cinematic type things, just the way movies were made at that time, I guess, or whatever. But the biggest thing is that, yeah, in the 80s, they had the slasher films, right? But they all had a tinge of the supernatural. Jason was a resurrected dead person, right? Yeah, literally, in Jason Lives, yeah. you know, even if you go that far. Uh, Michael Myers is the boogeyman, you know? Um, you know, Fre- Freddy is like this dream demon in a yeah. way. But in the 90s, they really, like, focused in Did on... you say in a way? Because he, well, he is. <laughs> yeah, he literally <laughs> is. But the idea that, that, that they, they took away, they stripped some of the supernatural in the 90s. It seemed like people were kind of already a little too 
desensitized to the 80s horror. It got a little too goofy. It got a little silly. It got a little too familiar, right, if that makes sense. And so they wanted to go real. And it seemed to me like what defined 90s horror is the idea of the psychological thriller. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. movies like Silence of the Lambs, Jacob's Ladder, um, Seven, those are horror films, you know? And they use every single trick in the book that a horror film uses. It's just a real-to-life serial killer, you know? Like uh, Silence of the Lambs. You know, you know, like yeah. that's based on the Ed Gain stuff, right? Which Psycho was, and so was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But it paints it in a more realistic way, even though both of those movies are not supernatural, you know? And so, to me, the 90s kind of lean out of that. It leans in a little bit more into this world where, you know, we feel like, I don't know. We feel like everything's okay. Everything's hunky dory. What we're scared of and fascinated by is the guy next door who can literally come and kill us. Freddy doesn't scare us anymore, but our neighbor does. That's the nineties to me. Yeah. I agree with you there. Especially the, you're right. Freddy had been watered down until Wes Craven came back and did a new nightmare. Um, Jason's the same way. You're right. Halloween, especially. I mean, that was not, the intention for John Carpenter to be this like zombie god, like Jason had become. Well, I mean, that's he, what the franchise had spun into without he, his control. But he obviously. was always meant to be the boogeyman. Yeah, you know, even from the beginning, that's why he gets shot up like so many times by by Donald Pleasance's character, you know, Loomis, and 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 he's gone. He but then you got the crazy cult shit from Halloween. Well, that was that was definitely not Carpenter's intention. No, that's it? what I'm saying. It went in yeah. this different direction. That was the producer's cut. Yeah, and so these <laughs> these characters are not so scary because they're not. Real, you're right. In the yeah, psychological, absolutely. well, even the scream films seem a little closer to home because these, when you find out who they is, they're real people. They're not ghosts. They're not magic. Yes, these are actual people just putting on costumes, murdering people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's done pretty horrifically. If you go back and watch it, holy crap. Um, Goldsmith, what do you think defines the '90s as far as horror films? It's like it's a the stuff before it was goofy, but it seems like the goofiness really picked up in the '90s especially because you think it picked like, up yeah because like with uh, like the child's play movies and uh new nightmare was really meta and it had a bunch of jokey stuff in it the scream movies are riffing on every other horror movie i mean did you like there I was get exactly what you're uh, saying yeah there was funny stuff in previous movies but these i guess maybe because they were teen centric they they tried to throw more actual humor in there make them yeah they're definitely more self-aware it's yeah. more like levity and stuff yeah i think but two films you described, though, are also brought to you by a horror master, Wes Craven, who had done the, all the shtick before. So he's like, I think he wanted to do something different or make him make his film smarter. You know what I'm saying? How many, how many, you know, he did more original stuff, like People Under the Stairs, but to revisit the slasher genre or bring Freddy back, I think he had to go in that direction. Um, very great director. Yeah. Smart guy. I'm but, sure we'll be talking about him a lot. Yeah. We might be. So they're also we kind of got stuck in this. You said that earlier, the Jason and Freddy and everything. There was definitely that franchise hell. It seems like a lot of these '80s that were they were easy to milk franchises. When you hit the '90s, these franchises definitely staggered. Not that not that we didn't see multiple Scream sequels and multiple. I know what you did last summer, and then I still know. And holy shit, I fucking know what you still did last summer. Yeah, but there was a third one. You had Freddy's Dead. Freddy's dead. Yeah, Jason goes to hell. Jason goes to hell. So some of these, when those franchises weren't extremely successful... Curse of Michael Myers. Yep. Yeah, then they started to be like, oh, we need to do something different. But initially, the, starting the 90s, 
it was just a con- same old, same old continuation. Well, because those These franchises were, made money. Yeah, they made money to a point. Yeah. Right. And then you had too many Friday the 13th movies, too many Nightmare on Elm Street movies, too many Halloween movies. Right. There needed to be something new that came along. Yeah. There had to be something to deviate from the norm because you can guarantee money to an extent. You know, I don't I don't see the franchises restart until Scream or I guess Candyman kind of counts. Right. And that's a little supernatural. So that kind of goes against the norm. Yeah. But Candyman was not the biggest success of the 90s in horror. No. Silence of the Lambs. Jacob's Ladder, for instance, like I was saying, with the psychological thriller idea, and they're, they're, those are horror films, right? Yeah. So, like, that's where it immediately went to. So it went from, like, the cheesy 80s stuff, and it was stagnant, and it was done. And then it went into those movies. And those movies were so important, they were getting, like, notoriety. Like, Academy Award-winning Best Pictures. You know what I'm saying? Silence of the Lambs, right? And so then, but then with Scream you get the franchise coming back and you get the idea of them trying to reboot the franchise. Jason goes to hell is an attempted reboot. Jason X is an attempted reboot. You know what I'm saying? New yeah. nightmare is an attempted reboot. Jason H2O yeah, is an attempted Jason reboot. Jason X was not nineties. It was not. You're right. But Jason goes to hell. Was that a reboot or their attempt to fucking slam the whole franchise into the ground? Well, I don't think they intended to do that. John, <laughs> I don't think that was their intention. Okay. It's pretty terrible. It's, the first five minutes are amazing. It's what happened, but I don't. I mean, and they sold the hell out of those foil Jason masks. You know what I'm saying? Oh, from from the Jason goes to hell because it was oh, on the yeah. cover. It looked 3D yeah. and silver. But that mask is never in the film. That's just the cover. Never. But dude, did you own one of those? Because I did. No, I didn't have the chrome. I did. Don't you I want one a, now? No, I wanted one that looked oh, like the movie mask. I like the original movie mask. Don't you remember the the poster though, where it had the, yeah. the, the oh, yeah. snake coming the out, the serpent coming out, yeah. the demon or whatever? Oh, I'm yeah. like that looks yeah. amazing. Snake from Hill. I was That's so excited fun stuff, until man. I watched the goddamn movie and found out the purpose of that demon. I'm like, this movie's fucking terrible. The movie's terrible. The first five minutes is amazing. You know, Jason X may not be '90s. Neither is American Psycho, but it definitely yeah. fits in that '90s mold. Yeah. Right. It doesn't quite go into that 2000s mold yet. But that's just me. But yeah, to me, like Scream relaunched the franchises. You know, there was a rise that happened there, but there was also some some false starts on trying to reboot franchises. And as great as movies are like H2O and, and, and New Nightmare, it didn't spawn new movies, you know? Well, uh, I think uh, New Nightmare... H2O had Resurrection, yeah. and it was pretty bad. I think New Nightmare was Wes Craven's basically closing out. Like, I'm going to come back, do this right, and close out the series. I think that was his intention. Well, that was the last one till the remake one, and, or Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, so... But, of course, that might have been his intention, but New Line Cinema, who owns Freddy, was like, well, this is great and all, but we're still going to make some money. So then that's where you get a, a, him coming back. Well, based on the plot of that movie, you wouldn't think that he was trying to close it out, because the whole point of that story was you got to keep making Freddy movies so he'll stay trapped in the story. Spoilers. That's true. That's true. It that is true. I think that is an attempted reboot, man. I don't know. I don't think that was. I just don't, think, I don't think it was successful. Was, I don't set think up that like was a whole new story and mythology for him and everything. Where <laughs> yeah. like he's like this ancient entity. You know what's yeah. really crazy about it though? It's almost like it. Like Freddy's it in that real talk. Yeah, he's I get it. it because he's oh. like an entity and, that is like kept around by like thoughts and stuff like that. It's weird, but I mean, it's definitely an attempt at a well, reboot. That was his inspiration before he even made the first one. You know what I'm saying? And and he explored it in that movie. Now I don't think that 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 Ridley Scott. I don't think that Wes Craven in, intended to do more Freddy movies, but I think the the studio it was Dimension, right? New Line yeah. Cinema, New Line, New Line, the house that Freddy built. New Line only that's why they're success. That's why didn't they have Dimension money. get a hold of that? No. Some at some point, no. Th- Dimension did the the Michael Myers stuff. 
Yes. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. But I don't think Wes Craven intended to do more, but I think they intended to do more. I mean, they did set it up to do a sequel based on that whole concept, and they didn't. Instead, you got the reboot, which is garbage, and you also got Freddy vs. Jason, which is actually a rip-roaring fun time. I don't think it's that good, man. It's a fun... with The the showdown is is so much fun. It's not a good Uh, film. It's a fun film. Okay. But we'll leave that be because it's not a 90s. Not a 90s film. The uh, so besides the the what defined the '90s in in talking about the different genres and stuff like that, we also there was the family Freddy, ah, family Freddy, <laughs> family Freddy. When Freddy Krueger went door to door knocking on people's doors. <laughs> no, the I I started to see more. So watch Scream, and watch the first time you see Drew Barrymore killed, and it's graphic. Then watch all other teen-centric films that took place in that era, and it almost looks like they're cut for TV, even though they were theatrical. Yeah. It seems like they started toning down the violence a lot, a lot. The, the violence and the sex. Yeah. It, it definitely, and there's, you know, there's no pointless, I mean, you can argue it's pointless not or nudity, but all these films, even if it didn't need it in the 80s, there was always that. Yeah, they cut that out. Yeah. Like, even, in, even in the Jason movies, you know, once they hit that late 80s period, we're hitting the Tipper Gore era. You know what I'm saying? And she's going after groups like NWA and stuff like that, right? That affected movies. Yeah. You know, it really did. They definitely toned down the violence. Um, you don't have nudity. And then the violence is just, I don't know. They're still making horror films, but they really do a lot of the stuff feels like, now, again, Wes Craven bucked that trend. Wes Craven's like, I'm Wes fucking Craven, so I'm going to do... But nothing that Wes Craven did in the 90s tops some of the stuff that he did in the 70s and 80s as far as gore-wise, right? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, things like Last House on the left, the Nightmare on Elm Street, that, that bed sequence alone, the bedroom yeah, sequence yeah. alone. You know, the, 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 the whole bed spitting blood out when it sucks in Johnny Depp. You know, that stuff is not in Scream. That stuff is not in Vampire in Brooklyn. That stuff's not in I Know What You Did Last Summer. It's not. But Scream in, was also go, trying to go for more realistic kills. But even like the but best. those kills are detailed. Even the most successful and critically acclaimed horror films of the 90s, like Silence of the Lambs and Seven, don't go that far into gore like they used to. Right? And the, and the sex is definitely toned down in the it's 90s. Definitely, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it, they de- definitely it definitely seem, affected horror in some and kind I, of I way. I wonder if they're trying to approach a broader audience. Broader audience. They're saying, hey, we don't have all. It's it's scary, but it's not as violent. I honestly we think, don't have nudity. I honestly think times are good in the '90s. You know, we 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 have done these podcasts before: '70s horror, '80s horror. Right now, we're doing '90s. To me, horror is defined that the great waves of horror are defined by times of turbulence in American culture. Right, the the universal stuff happened at the Great Depression. Right, the the uh, the sci-fi horror giant ants and the alien stuff happened during the cold war stare scare right you had suspiria and halloween and 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 texas chainsaw massacre happening in the 70s post vietnam then you have the post 9-11 era right but the 90s were kind of a relatively cool calm and collected time in american culture it It really was was. desert storm i guess there was desert storm but that was not a threat like it didn't was, feel. Yeah. It didn't feel like a threat because it's so far away. Yeah, you know it's, it's it didn't right feel like over it there. was a threat to us. And it wasn't yeah. Vietnam. You know what I'm saying? Which is what we grew up reading about. You know, there was no direct response to anything. And I think these films kind of represent that. It's a good time. So they're they're. I think the I think the movies of the time kind of represent that just a little bit. And maybe we were as a society getting a bit prudish at times because I think, like I said, 
don't underestimate the effect of Tipper Gore's um, basically crusade against gangster rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't underestimate the effect that had on wider pop culture of the time. But did you know that she wrote People Under the Stairs that Wes Craven <laughs> no, <she> directed? <laughs> Everybody look that up. So she's a little more demented than people give her credit for. Um, what do you think uh, about the uh, the family friendly and, and do you feel like some of it was toned down in the 90s? The violence, the sex, the sex and the violence. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> The yeah. sexy, sexy violence. I mean, yeah, everything you guys have been saying, it's, it's, it was a real, I mean, that's when I grew, was a child, so things were pretty cool for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't watch these movies at the time because I was, you know, born in 89. Yeah. Holy shit. You know, we've been talking yeah. about these movies and we're mentioning things like Silence of the Lambs and Scream and stuff like that, but we also don't need to forget that this is the, the decade that gave us Casper, Adam's family, The Haunting. Do you Gremlin, get what I'm saying? Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2. The Great. Yeah. Gremlins. Do you know Gremlins 2 was originally NC-17? They had to tone it down. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, the, what would possibly be? The bathroom scene with uh, Robert Picardo <laughs> with the uh, female Gremlin. They I remade the Gremlins 2 and they had all the dongs hanging out everywhere. Oh. Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about toning down the sex, but there was they that sexy, sexy Gremlin. This is practical. Mm-hmm. So, like on makeup and stuff. So, Jeremy, what do you think about sexy Gremlins? Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, not quite my type, but I respect other people's uh, interests. <laughs> Uh, I think in the 90s, they took a different avenue when it came to horror. They were going more for the uh, psychological approach, I'd say, ra- rather than just like, hey, here's a bunch of gore. Isn't this thrilling? They were like, no, we'll we'll tone down the gore. And basically, they were picking their battles so they could reach a wider audience, but still like getting your headspace without sacrificing too much. But yeah, I mean, they definitely pulled back on the gore there. Yeah, because even Silence of the Lambs isn't that particularly gory no it's just yeah. got disturbing i guess scenarios that yeah. i think a lot of the horror comes from what you conjure up in your head and they were kind of yeah like doubling down on that i will say seven's got some pretty it's got some graphic scenes but it does but they're few and far between yeah it's like they make it count when it happens yeah. and i think that's what that's pretty much we can take from the 90s when it comes to that it's like they make it count more so yeah it's a really good point because they, they stop focusing so much on the how people are getting killed and they really hone in on why yeah you know. Part of the psychological thing. Yeah. So, the uh, they're also, with Scream and with some of those films, they also became more self-aware oh, yeah. and more cognizant of the rules and the genre. Scream especially, but other films. I mean, it definitely became, when you talked about uh, New Nightmare, I mean, in itself is really meta. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, oh, what's well, a film, et cetera, et cetera. It's a great concept. But they definitely saw that shift in the 90s to films that were aware of the rules, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek, aware of themselves. Definitely saw a big jump there, too. Because you have the Wes Craven stuff, right? Like New Nightmare and Scream, obviously. But you also have, like, Peter Jackson's Brain Dead, where, you know, he's, like, lawnmowering away yeah, an army yeah. of zombies. And it's like, that movie's not scary, but it knows what it's doing. And it's playing on those tropes, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it reminds yeah. me of a lot of the... Uh, is it the, not the Night of the Living Dead? What's the sequel not made by George Romero, the guy that did those other ones? Return. Yeah, it reminds me of Dead. those Return films a lot because those Return films kind of went in a, went from that dark comedy to just bad because yes. somebody else was doing them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But he sort of Brain Dead definitely went in that same direction. Yes, it was very tongue in cheek. Yeah, known yeah. as Dead Alive to other people, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Dead Alive, um, great film. 
That guy would go on to win an Oscar yes. for Return of the King. <laughs> <laughs> Who well, would that's kind of okay. weird to think of. It's like, hey, man, here's all this horror, but Lord of the Rings. Yeah, right? <laughs> I wonder if that was the film they saw that were like, oh, dude, we got to... Well, this I guy needs to do. Lord you of the look Rings. at Lord of the Rings and and like the Oryx and stuff, and you're like, yeah, I get it, I yeah. get it, I see it. There's I some horrific it. stuff in there. Yeah. <laughs> and why do you think this? Why do you guys think this era end? Because we definitely had this at the tail end of the '90s. We've got Japanese and Asian film culture, like The Ring and The Grudge, and those being remade. So that that sort of like bleeds into the 2000s. That was a big big dawn of that. And then on top of that, we definitely have the tail end of the 90s we get the Blair Witch was the found found uh, footage and then we see we get a lot more films like that clones like that so that start happens at the tail end of the 90s bleeding into 2000s so this this era definitely changed why do you guys think that there was this prolific change between the 90s and the 2000s as far as the horror film types uh, me first Justin yeah I'm sorry I was looking at you but I guess people <laughs> listening can't tell Yeah, I, I'm looking right at him I think we're in a giant white room in the nude and I'm staring right at him <laughs> With my dong hanging out. <laughs> well, that's a yeah, call back to earlier. No, but um, I'd fuck it, me. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Blair Witch just now because I think, like, without doing more research, this is just what oh, I was thinking you, about a little while earlier. Research, no, I did, I did some, but th- this is what immediately came to mind earlier. Um, I think that really uh, the Blair Witch made Hollywood or directors in general, filmmakers, think what could horror movies be. Oh, they kind of opened the door like, hey, we don't have to follow this formula. Yeah. These guys went in a different direction. And by the way, Robbie and I worked at the theater then, and you had, A, people that thought this was based on real fucking shit. Yeah. yeah. Which blows my mind how ignorant they were. Well, the and internet then, wasn't a big thing back then. It's true. That's successful marketing. Yeah. And B, we've had more throw up, people vomiting because they had issues with the motion sickness. Yeah. We had a lot of people get sick in that, not because it was terrifying, motion sickness. I don't want to clean up vomit out of a... Off, you know. It was one of my most it's, unique movie-going experiences, though, was watching that movie. Yeah, I just watched it the other night. I'd never seen it before. Oh, yeah, I forgot. How does it work? Because to me, it doesn't work as well like watching it on your TV. Um, I can definitely see why people may have gotten nauseous watching it because of, of all the found footage films, and it may be because this is the first one, it has the shakiest camera, I think. Like There are scenes yeah. where it's just straight up the camera staring at the ground. I'm like... I understand it's supposed to be a found footage thing. It's supposed to be realistic, but this is unnecessary. I don't know. I don't feel the point. I don't like well, this. Well, it was Dan Merrick and a handful of people walking around it's, in the woods with cameras. It's not a bad movie. I just don't think it's that amazing. It's like it's about a good C+. Plus. Well, but the the point that I was making is that it, it was so different from everything before it. It really, yes. I think that's where horror movies started to change. Because after that, it's pretty much just like yeah, that was the very people tail falling into wood chippers. And, that was a very tale in the 90s. It definitely... We got a lot of found footage and stuff in the 2000s. It didn't influence so much on the 90s because it came out the tail end, but we did see Cloverfield and stuff like that. That yeah. that yeah. whole art style. Well, not and, just that, but the, like all the Saw movies and, and, yeah, and it definitely stuff helped. like that. It, it, it did help in the, the style of the 90s and into the 2000s. That, the the yeah. teen-centric uh, slasher film yeah. and the psychological. And I, and I guess that was kind of a teen-centric movie, too, because they were, they were college students. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. What about you, Jeremy? What do you think? What do you think that ended? Do you think it was Blair Witch and and the Japanese uh, films that were bleeding into the American? I like film how you culture? see that in. <laughs> what I really do think that those films. No, that's true. Yeah, I that was that was no, a big that part was of John's it. answer. Ringu and audition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's about the little lizard, right? Ringo. 
Ringo the Lizard. No, I mean, I think... That changed horror films that, forever. <laughs> that definitely helped bring us into a, um era where we were more accepting of foreign horror. Because um, there's a lot of good foreign horror. I don't know if there you There was, and it seems like it, didn't, just didn't it wasn't it. making it over here. And we got a lot of remakes, too. Yeah. Like, dude, this is popular overseas. Let's remake it. And how many... There was a lot. Because, um, I mean, outside of Japan, there's like Italian horror, which is brutal. Uh, Mexican horror. Um, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, he might have actually, I think he was probably, outside of Japanese films, part of paving the way for he uh, bringing that, I guess, foreign horror to us. Because, like, his first foray into American audiences was uh, Mimic. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't well-received because it was, you could tell it was, like, half Guillermo plus half of the director or yeah. half of the uh, executives and stuff saying, hey, we want these things in your movie. But, I mean, it got... It got us introduced to these foreign but, affairs. And before he did that, he did Kronos. Yeah, Kronos which is, is amazing. A great film. Yeah. And yeah. then afterwards, he did Devil's Backbone, which I think is probably his best film. We talked about doing director podcast, and we're definitely going to do a Kubrick one, but we could do a Guamal del Toro podcast. I mean, there's like two Hellboy movies alone to work off of. There you go. I mean, but. In a Blade movie. In a Blade movie. And Pan's Labyrinth, which is one of my favorite films of all that's time. That's a great movie. I love Pan's Labyrinth. I don't know why that's not my favorite of his. It's okay. Get the fuck out. I'm, no, we'll. Bye. We're escorting Jeremy out. I'm shut the door here. Ah. Okay. So, Robbie, what what do you think defined, what, what do you think it ended? This this 90s, the psychological, the teen-centric yeah. slasher films. Um, the... in, sh- in short, 9-11. Like, I was talking about how Vietnam spurned a whole new era of film, uh, horror film in particular. And, of course, in the Great Depression and the Cold War era, we had some stuff. I really think that 9-11, and, and I really like what, what Justin said about Blair Witch, about the rise of the found footage, uh, the, the depressing of that teen comedy type thing, you know. American Pie was rising, but the horror movies were getting away from that. And I really think that 9-11 added this new tension into America where it led to what the next wave was, was which was kind of like torture porn in a way. You yeah. know, movies like Saw, Hostel, and and they they influenced an entire wave of film um, that I think ended with new films like that went back to supernatural like Conjuring and stuff like that. But that's that's more where we're at right now, I guess. But yeah, I I think I think nine eleven had a big impact on that. Have you seen uh, like there's a couple movies that are like banned even in America in most places like the the Poughkeepsie tapes. Have no. you ever heard of that? No. It's like they actually kill a guy. In the, or kill animals or something like like there's a bunch of weird shit that you talking about snuff films man yeah are you talking yeah, about yeah but films? that like a lot was... of that is coming out of foreign horror like a lot of it's foreign yeah but it was uh, I'm pretty sure that stuff was like early 2000s too so that kind of makes sense yeah I think that's a in America like we're talking about American movies you know and in American cinema that 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 coincides and and maybe it's a coincidence you know but I think it just happens too many times throughout our history. Of uh, the great waves of horror, to what to me, which are the '30s, the '50s, the late '70s, and and then literally like the early 2000s. Yeah, well, I think you'd have to be, you know, like tone deaf or 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 just not cognizant of culture if you kept making the same thing. When something like that happens, obviously it changes uh, people's perceptions. So obviously you have to change yeah. direction, whether it be. And but films are still good, even if you go see a scary film, stuff like that is good at helping you get away from the real world. Yeah. Whether it's a comedy or horror film. You know, maybe the idea, too, is that in the 90s, we were obsessed with the realness of the serial killer. Oh, yeah. Getting maybe, more Maybe 9-11 got too real. 
Yeah, I think you're right. And you so know? somebody wanted the people wanted more fantasy, and that does explain the 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 monsters and going back to the the. I mean, it was and, it was still more real people like Hostel and Saw. That's real people, but it, yeah. it goes back and in more into like a a, fantasy into like the fantasy like structure of a horror. Yeah, film. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it had to change. Why? Why wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think. Before we move on to another subject, I want to clarify that Bokeepsy Takes came out in 2007, and it was so realistic that people thought it was an actual snuff film, and it got banned in a lot of places, but ah, it was not. Is okay. that a Blair Witch scenario again? No, well, yeah, with the misinformation or whatever, people being confused. It wasn't those tapes, though, where it was like, it's not found footage bullshit, right? Ah. It's I, I've never seen it. It's I on the, so. It's on Tubi, but it's it's like, it's tapes that a serial killer... What's Tubi? It's a streaming service. Or not to be? <laughs> Good joke. Let's move on. <laughs> um, I think Robbie. Yeah, real, some, qu- real yeah. quick. Let's go over music. Let's go over music because there's some there's <laughs> some great soundtracks and some great scores. To oh these, yeah. to these great '90s films. You know, and that's a big thing. It started in the '80s. The idea of the soundtrack in addition to the score, like the Freddy movies, had like the Fat Boys and stuff like that on yeah, it. Yeah, licensed know? music. Yeah, Dawkins. You know, we're the Dream Warriors. You know, and that kind of continues on into the '90s. But like, I really think that horror films are so great because they utilize every bit of cinema magic. One of those is the score, and I think there are some amazing scores in '90s horror films. What are your favorites, Jeremy? Oh, um, okay. So, and I knew this actually going into a sort of, uh, but the score for the Frighteners because it is definitely oh, Danny yeah. Elfman. That's a Peter Jackson mm-hmm. film. Yeah. yeah, it's Danny Elfman, yeah. and and I didn't know that when I first saw it, but I could definitely tell. Like he has a very very strong signature style, like a lot of high notes and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, but I I love that score, and I I mean I love that movie, but that adds overall to it, and of and of course the score for New Nightmare, uh, Jay Robinson, Jay Peter Robinson, I think. Is the, is the, um, I'm not going to argue with you. It's got a great soundtrack, but yeah. it still keeps that classic. Yeah, it's still very uh, Nightmare uh, on Elm Street. Yeah, Nightmare. But it's modern. And I like it, that. It's, I like it. I like the approach of that. Did um, you say Nightmare on Elm Streety? <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you say? Yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm bad with words. What do you want from me? <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, I really like the um, modern approach on a uh, classic that you get in a new night, new nightmare. Yeah, it's a little bit of new and a little bit of old, and it works well. Yeah, I'll, nice I'll agree mix. with you. That's one of my favorite soundtracks of the '90s. Speaking of a modern approach on a classic, what about you, John? I, uh, I'm, I actually can't hear music. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Just music. I can hear words. No. Um. So. So. New nightmare. Uh, no. I'm a Wes Craven fan, but I. I think they just killed it. Um. In addition to that, the Scream soundtracks. All of the Scream soundtracks are really good, especially Scream Two, and that's not just the it's score. Got they have a bunch Kings of on it. it's got a bunch of licensed music. Everclear. Yeah. It's got a bunch of licensed music, and it's phenomenal. And in uh, Part Three, they got that Creed song. What if? What if? <laughs> what if? I mean, all Creed songs sound like that, so I don't know they what song really it do. is. <laughs> Um, I couldn't remember. No, the Cottonmouth Kings were on Scream 2, I believe, with Suburban Noise. Maybe Scream 1, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's actually a good soundtrack. It's it was, a phenomenal soundtrack. Yeah. But as far as the score goes, I probably New Nightmare is probably one of my okay. one of my favorites. And as far as licensed music, definitely. But Scream 2 also had some music that was licensed, but it was original. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, here's a new Everclear yeah. song. But it's not like it's just, oh, we pulled this off the album. They have a bunch of songs that were exclusive. Yeah, to that album, which like is, they made it for it. Yeah, which is mind blowing, including 
I'm almost positive that that soundtrack has a song called Rivers that is by um, Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray, yeah. but it's about Rivers Cuomo. It's either Scream Two or Scream Three. It's Scream Two. Okay. So it's it is it's it's so it's called Rivers. It sounds like a Weezer song. Okay. But it's Sugar Ray doing their impression of Weezer. Yeah. And when they used to play it live, the lead singer of Sugar Ray, uh-huh. uh huh, Mark McGrath, Mark McGrath would say, "This is my late friend Rivers Cuomo." When he poured out a beer, like Rivers was dead. Ha. Huh. Rivers is alive and well, by the way. Maybe it's just a robot. <laughs> Speaking of robots, what about you, Justin? Hello. <laughs> Um, I was very robotic when you said that. I did that on purpose. Uh, you're an actor. And that's how I got into Juilliard. Way <laughs> to ruin the joke. <laughs> um, the the, cooking, new, the new, cooking school? Juilliard cooking? Yeah. Did you? I like the new Nightmare music. <laughs> I love the Hellraiser music. There's one that's been stuck in my head, and it's really messed up because I didn't even... I had to write this out of my... I don't consider this a horror movie anymore after doing all my... I had to cut some stuff out to Jurassic make my Park. list. Well, uh, I didn't even think about that. It's but not a horror film. Fallen. Yeah, do you guys think Fallen's a horror film? Uh, oh, with, with John Denzel Washington. Goodman, Denzel yeah. Washington? Ooh, yeah. Cause, yes. Because, I mean, it's a demon. Yeah, that's a horror. It's like a but, mystery horror. Or it's something. a psychological yeah. thriller. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that that the what, whoever the demon is in is always singing. Time is on my side. Yeah. The Rolling and it's just so. That's like one of my favorite musical elements to any movie from the '90s. Is that you can tell who the demon's in by he's singing the song. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Me personally, I'm going to go Alien Three. Uh, the score by Elliot Goldenthal. I love that movie. I think it's haunting. I think it's probably one of the best scores out of all of them, except for maybe Goldsmith's score for the first one. Not Justin, it's Jerry. Speaking oh. of Jerry Goldsmith, Gremlins 2 has a score by Jerry Goldsmith, <laughs> which is absolutely fantastic. It takes exactly what he did from the first Gremlins film, but it really amps it up, and I like the score for Gremlins 2 a lot better than, than, than 1 because it's faster. Does that make sense? That it's a little bit more up-tempo. <laughs> Marco <laughs> Beltrami. Did the Scream soundtrack? I love that one. Is a great use of like these like ethereal choir sounds, with a more modern and and classic approach to the stringy psycho. What was that? Um, speaking of Marco Beltrami, he worked with John Ottman on the Halloween H two O movie, and that's probably my favorite score of a of a horror film in the nineties. It takes John Carpenter's music, but it makes it a big full orchestra, and it just fills. The, the room. So you it's know no longer saying? a synth. It's actually exactly. an orchestra. It's a big the thing. Music. And it's John Oddman, you know, and it just works so well. It, 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 it swells and it envelops the ear. Does that make sense? I agree. H2O had a phenomenal soundtrack. Absolutely, right? Speaking of soundtracks, we'll be back, but we won't be singing. Here on Pop Culture Philosophers 90s Horror, we'll be talking about our favorite villains from horror films, and we'll be talking a little bit about Wes Craven when we return on Pop Culture Philosophers 90s Horror. Welcome back to Pop Culture Philosophers. We're talking about 90s whore, and I'm kind of interested to see who are your favorite whore villains, bad guys, or whatever you want to call them, uh, in 90s, because there's some that I think have returned from the 80s that are popular, but there's also some original standout ones, so I'm actually going to start with 
Sir Justin Goldsmith. He was knighted on the break. Yeah. Yeah. The queen lives here <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> she was so kind to knight him. So, Justin, who are some are some that your some of your favorites? I guess they don't have to stand out, yeah. but the ones you enjoy, some villains, some bad guys you think are awesome that stand out to you that are nineties. Well, I really like the um the two the two bros from uh, Scream. Like they got one of my favorite scenes at the end where they're like stabbing each other trying to make it oh, look to make like, it look like yeah, yeah. That they were also attacked. Yeah, Shaggy along with the story. Shaggy's got a really good scene. Shaggy, in it. damn it, <laughs> it is Shaggy. <laughs> it is. Uh, the the graboids from Tremors, if we're calling that a horror movie. Yeah, they're uh, I mean they're bad guys, they're villains of the yeah. movie. Pennywise from It. Oh yeah, the nineteen ninety. Made for TV, it came out. Yeah. I forget, and Tim Curry does a phenomenal job. Spiders from Arachnophobia, the house from House on Haunted Hill. Dude, the spiders, that that almost made my top five, but it it gave me the creeps. I don't like spiders as it is, as it is, and Arachnophobia just gave me the damn creeps. Yeah, skin crawling. Ugh. Yeah, and G- Gary Oldman as Dracula. Oh yeah, and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Great. I guess you'd call him the villain of that movie. <laughs> He is Dracula. He is the bad guy, and he's got <laughs> uh, great makeup and great costume. Like the yeah. set design is amazing. So he's 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 just he stands out as being very, you know, what I'm saying very yeah. uh, big on screen. Did um, you say the spiders from Arachnophobia? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm yeah. sorry, I just got back in the room. Yeah, uh, that's a great answer. Yeah, that movie freaked me out. I, when was, I was did, a kid. Man. You know, I was it freaked everybody out. I think. Like, <laughs> I can't watch it. Jeff Daniels to is in that movie, and John blankets. Goodman. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. John Goodman's the exterminator. I, was, I haven't seen that in forever. I definitely should. Uh, yeah, I was trying so to make myself uh, decide whether or not it was a horror movie. And oh, it is. It is. The name of the movie is literally a horrific fear of spiders. I mean, I would have that after seeing that. So yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Again, I can't. I hate spiders, and it was a hard one for me to watch. It just creeps me the fuck out. Yeah. What about you, Jeremy? Some of your favorite villains, All bad right. guys from the nineties. All what right. Is... So we got a uh, Ghostface. Oh yeah, Scream. From, uh, Scream, yeah. which is multiple people. But I just love that it looks like a generic Halloween costume. Yeah, it's just like somebody decided to start murdering people in a yeah. costume they and got it's... from like Party City. Yeah, and because you would, <laughs> if you're on Halloween night though, I mean that costume wouldn't. You know, you wouldn't raise any questions. So you start getting stabbed in the chest. You would go to uh, Big B, your drugstore. They they sold that costume. You remember uh, the ghost face thing? That was like a costume. Yeah. And they even had the goofy version of it, and that was what was in Scary Movie. Yes. <laughs> what the? Yeah, with the yeah. face. Uh, the spaceship from Event Horizon, plus Sam Neill getting oh, possessed. Oh, yeah. Uh, of course, uh, Freddy. I mean, he makes it. He's, yeah. I mean, he's still ni- 90s relevant. Yeah. He's still up in there. And um, you know, get get specific. The whatever demon that took over because it really wasn't Freddy a new nightmare. Yeah, it's like well, Freddy's like some based entity. on a demon. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's a, is Freddy. Yeah, as a villain. Um, the graboids. Yeah, and Tremors is definitely a horror movie. What else yeah. is it? You know, they say in that movie it's because they made Freddy like Santa Claus. You know, like everybody knows him. All the kids know him, so he's real. Like it's the idea that with enough willpower and thought there, something can become real you know like emotions are real things yeah, he's like a thought form that's kind of why i said he's similar to it almost <laughs> he's yeah. like some kind of an ancient horror but given like life by like thought he very yeah. much is yeah um i think that's it there's like a few uh, i mean i guess hannibal hannibal lecter uh, yeah. yeah yeah of course Not yeah, the comedian. you guys, you guys hannibal are gonna Burris. take all of yeah. them hannibal barres <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> it's like why would you do that anyway, <laughs> anyway i think that's pretty much it for me how about you, Robbie? Now that you're back, and the, nobody saw this, but Robbie had to move his 
his uh, DeLorean across the street because he was double parked. What? I thought I had to move my dick across the street. Anyway, it's first wrong. of all, I got written it here. Was, it was your dick double parked. I got, I got written here, Hannibal. Mostly because Anthony Hopkins does such an amazing job with this. He does. This he's a great actor in general. He's one of those I put up there as being one of oh, the greatest amazing. actors of all time. Um, I also have Dracula by Gary o- with the Gary Oldman yeah. performance. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'll throw in. I'll go a little bit further than Freddie and say Pennywise. Tim Curry's Pennywise from the It miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. Did Pennywise you say that? Earlier. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't here. That's a good one. That's when you're moving your dick across uh, the street. Okay, so then I got two. I don't think anybody said uh, Mohawk and the Brain. From, from Gremlins, Gremlins 2, 2, the new batch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I absolutely love it. Like, what's scarier than the stripe gremlin, the leader of all or gremlins? Or when he turns into a goddamn spider. When it, yeah, when it's Mohawk and he turns into a spider. Yeah. And then the one with intelligence. Yeah, the he brain. was so, it's so well-spoken. I wanna yeah. be yes, a the singing. <laughs> new York. Yeah. And then he got that show, Frasier. Yes, right. Absolutely. <laughs> no, but those would be the ones I would automatically say. Ghostface also is a great, even though it's not one person, it's pretty much two people in every movie except for part three. It's just one person. Spoiler alert. Spoilers. It's the director. But uh, <laughs> what is Wes Craven saying there? We'll get to that. But anyway, those are th- that's what I got. What about you, Joe? I would say you pretty much covered them. So we talked earlier, Freddie. Jason is great in the first couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Jason goes to hell. Aww. Um, and then what would become Jason is garbage. But Ghostface, Ghostface definitely felt like one of those okay. classic slashers, kind of bring it back, and it you know it worked consistently. Um, Chucky continues to be yeah through. I mean, it started in the eighties and continues through the nineties. Chucky, even though he became sort of tongue in cheek meta, the later Chucky films, I was scared of him as a kid. Like dolls kind of freaked me out anyway. So this idea of a killer doll, yeah. And then uh, Candyman, we didn't mention. Tony yeah, Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Tony totally Todd. I about Candyman. I didn't watch that a lot as a kid, so I just forgot. Uh, Tony know? Todd has got such a great performance in that film, man. It's so amazing. And he's made appearances in a lot of other films. Final Destination. Yeah. yeah. Which I really wish was a 90s film because it's just on the cusp. It's like in 2000 is the first one came oh, out. Oh, I hate that fucking yeah. movie. What? I'm... I find that movie incredibly <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> well, I mean, death that's is, coming from me. <laughs> death is coming after these teenagers and random people. I mean, it's But it's kinda... going the most elaborate way to do it, dude. It makes yeah. a Rube Goldberg it's, machine it's, out of death. You're right. A, it's got to make a goddamn, yeah, you know, it's got to do that. It's like, like dun, 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 it can't just die. like. Crash their car. You know, that one dude just got hit by the car. That was a great scene. Yeah. That's yeah. reminiscent of the John Ritter scene in Bride of Chucky, which I think is early 2000s, right? But that scene when he jumps out of the truck and gets... Uh, is Bride... Yeah, Bride's not 90s. 90s. Yeah, it 90s? it's 90s. I think it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's either 99 or... It's 98. It's not, yeah. Well, that's yeah, a great death scene. And we'll get to death scenes because it's not part of the show. We'll get to that in the PCP After Hours. Oh, by the way, the uh, thought form, there was a word for it that I was looking up. Uh, it's, it's called a tulpa. Oh, interesting. I mean, it's a real thing. Yeah. I mean, like, I believe that. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I one hundred percent believe in thought forms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Moe's uh, barbecue makes great topos. You got to try them. <laughs> <laughs> they just have this. They use this sweet sauce. Um, so which, what you got? Ghost, ghost face. What else? <laughs> I, We're still I think a ghost I said face. Chucky and Candyman. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Speaking of ghost face, um, from Scream. You know. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think we all sort of a. Uh, agree that that Wes Craven was sort of the the king of the 90s. You know, I would say that, you know, we started this and I was like, Wes Craven is the king of the 90s horror, right? Two of the movies I was thinking of took place in the 80s. Serpent <laughs> and the Rainbow and Shocker. Both of those 88, 89. But in 1990... People Under the Stairs. People Under the Stairs. Then New Nightmare. Then 
Vampire in Brooklyn. Yes. A misstep, but not a misstep by Wes Craven. Wes Craven wanted to be a horror film. So did Eddie Murphy. And the film producers wanted a comedy. Like, it's Eddie Murphy. It has to be a comedy. Yeah. This is a film that one of the producers jacked up. This was Eddie Murphy's attempt to do something other than comedy. Yo, I like that movie better than Bram Stoker's Dracula or Interview with a Vampire. I can dig that. I don't even I give honestly a crap about those two that. movies. I can dig that. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think Bram Stoker's Dracula is the most authentic to the book, right? Yeah. Which I like. Um, what was the other one we were talking about? Oh, interview, interview, with, interview with the vampire to me is just a hodgepodge. Uh, it's, it's Twilight in the nineties. It's, it's dumb very, and rice stuff. I hate it. It's what gave us stupid Twilight. Really <laughs> dumb really, and rice. Really melodramatic. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. Then he did the two scream films, and that's his nineties output, pretty much. But yeah. I mean, I, it's and music of the heart was in there as well. Not really a horror film, but Not probably like in the midst of all this, this dude who has cemented his career on making horrific films. He does music of yes. the heart. Yes. It proves that he can do more than just horror films. I think that was more of him proving he can do other genres and be successful because it's a good film and it was done well. Yeah. It, it just proves he was a talented guy. He was born in 1939 in August. In August of 2015, sadly, he passed. We were all there. We all felt that that loss. We did a whole tribute to it here on PCP. Um I love Wes Craven. I think his career is amazing. He started out doing horror films. He was an English professor, right? Wasn't that what it was? It was like yeah, a, he was an English professor, and he saw that he could make more money in films, and so he went to film. I think originally he went to pornographic films. Yeah, I was trying to leave that out because yeah. there was money in porn, but he really liked... I mean, you um, do what you got to do. Yeah, he really liked the, the, the concept and the genre of the horror film, yeah, but and he, he gravitated he towards He pulled that. out of that, and pulled then he, he, uh, <laughs> he wound up um, doing horror films. He did Last House on the Left. Yeah. And it was kind of it was kind of panned because it was kind of like graphic, right? And he was like, "Well, I don't know if I really want to do this." But then a friend of his, I think it was Sean Cunningham, who wound up doing Friday the Thirteenth, was his like partner at the time or something, told him that it's really cheap to film in the desert. So we did Hills Have Eyes, which I think cemented him. It's great film. Yeah. yeah. And then he goes Bizarre on. Bizarre and dark and terrifying. He does the nightmare stuff. It's based on an actual idea. Um, he read a bunch of newspaper articles about people who died in their sleep after saying they were being terrorized by this like dream demon type thing, you know, and he and he took the idea in that movie about taking reality and what's the difference between reality and a dream, right? Then he takes that idea further and he goes, what's the difference between a dream reality and a movie that I'm making for you? He does that in New Nightmare. He does that in Scream, right? So... He really kind of revitalized himself in the 90s. People Under the Stairs is cheesy, it's goofy, so is Shocker, right? Serpent Under the Rainbow, which, of course, this is 80s, but it's late 80s. But Serpent Under the Rainbow is one of his best films, and really underrated, in my opinion. I love People Under the Stairs. New Nightmare, he gets meta in the 90s. He's an excellent director. What are your recollections, Justin, on Wes Craven, his career, your favorite moments in movies, or whatever? Well, I was going to ask you if you ever watched uh, Wishmaster... No, was that him? He d- had something to do with it. I think he was a Did producer he... on that. Maybe that was it. He wound up doing more thrillers as he continued on, Red Eye. And uh, he actually, di- didn't he direct the second Hills Have Eyes remake? Like, they remade Hills Have Eyes, and I think he directed the sequel to that. The sequel with the military? Yeah. I don't know if he did that, to be honest with you. Or he okay. had a producer credit Now, or his last like actual role directing was Screen 3. I mean, Scream 4. Yeah, and 4 is... I know it's not 90s, Four is but great. people need to check it out because Jeremy said he hasn't seen it or doesn't remember if he saw it. 4 is great. If you haven't seen it, 4... Because I love 1, I love 2, I think 3 is okay. 
And yeah. four is phenomenal. Absolutely. So but, it's a return to form. Yeah. And Wes Craven at his best. Before we get to the Scream stuff, Justin, what do you think about Wes Craven and his legacy? What? His, his legacy or his 90, the 90s? I mean, he's... As a director. His 90s work and his legacy. Yeah. Well, the only stuff I've actually seen from him in the 90s is Scream, the Scream movies and uh, New Nightmare. But, uh... I mean, he's going to be... You haven't seen People Under the Stairs? I haven't. Oh, what? my goodness. Oh. Yeah. You need to watch that it's movie. It's such a bizarre it's got the film, kid from, so uh, cool. What, Mighty Ducks in it? And the Sandlot. No, yes. he's not in the, he is he is in the Sandlot. He's in the Mighty Ducks and the Sandlot. Yeah. He's in all the sports movies in the 90s, and he started out in a it's horror movie. It's also got Booger weird. from Revenge of the Nerds in it. He's huh. the dude that he befriends who lives under the stairs with no oh, like tongue. That's him. Yeah, that's the dude that played the violin and the. What? I never I'm made that sure connection. His name is Snot, and I'm pretty sure he's an American dad. <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, he's, he's got the same damn role. I didn't realize that was him. I guess he's in makeup and stuff, and the and he's got yeah. the hair and everything. It's hard as hell. Yeah, and he's not very talkative. <laughs> I no. thought it, I thought it was Donnie Wahlberg. Or am I thinking of something different? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jeremy? Your recollections on Wes Craven's work in the 90s and his legacy in general? Oh, yeah. I think um, his 90s work is amazing. I've, I've seen, I think I've seen pretty much all his 90s films. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen people on the stairs. I love it. And I think going forward, uh, his legacy is probably solidified in the fact that, you know, we got the whole slasher genre out of him pretty much. And I mean, we st- it's not as popular these days, of course, but I think we're making a return to kind of like slasher films. So. Um, I mean, he set us up for that, and I think uh, he was definitely riffing off of, of of other people, like you know Alfred Hitchcock and stuff like that, right? Yeah. He did the slasher thing, did John Carpenter, Halloween, and all that stuff, but he was really focused in on the idea of the monster inside, inside, right? He was like, "There's a monster inside all of us, and if we don't recognize that, this dude was an English professor before he was a porno director, right?" Yeah, <laughs> and so like he only he, jumped ship because there was so much money in. Film. He knows these themes. And, and to the me, mess. the number one theme that he's exploring in these films is the fact that any one of us is a bad day away from being the people in, say, Last House on the Left, or a bad lifetime away from being the people in Hills Have Eyes, or just a bad afternoon away on some bad weed to be the guys in Scream. You know, and with <laughs> movies like Scream and New Nightmare, he's exploring that idea. He he established in in the Nightmare franchise, of which he also co-wrote Dream Warriors. And I want to point out that that's the movie where the dream, the dreamers start really fighting back. Yeah, right. It's a great. It's one of the great films. Of He's the exploring series. not only thought forms, but the power of us as the lucid dreamers in the world of the subconscious, where the thought forms exist. Do you get what I'm saying? And so he explores that very meta-like in the Scream movies and in New Nightmare. It's no longer about the division between reality and dream, but it's about reality and fiction. What is the difference? To him, there's not really much because a, a story a story repeated enough creates a thought form, which is an entity that which represents something that can leech onto a subconscious or, you know, it's just in your head. You get what I'm saying, John? So like how did how what do you think about that? Like what do you think Wes Craven is exploring? What do you like so much about his work? Well, I think I think he has some original concepts. I think he was very original. When you look at when Friday the thirteenth came out, the first one it was an original concept, but the subsequent sequels, and when you get Jason, he's very much kind of a knockoff of, of Michael Myers. Let's admit it. And I think Freddy was very unique in his, in his creation and his style. So I feel like he kind of went in a different direction. Like he wanted to do a slasher, but he didn't yeah. want the same old, same old. So I think he's a lot more creative. They all started off as slashers, except for Freddy. 
Freddy already started off supernatural. Yeah. You know, I liked, I, me personally, I like the supernatural over the, the psychological thrillers. Same. You'll be able to tell that in my top five for the nineties horror, because I do respect the psychological thriller, but I just, there's a difference to me still, because I just, I don't like calling something horror. That's not necessarily supernatural, though. I do account for it. Psycho is one of my favorites, yeah. right? That's not supernatural, you know? So I, I, I really respect that. I just think that like Wes Craven does such a great job of, of letting us know that this is all inside of all of us. And every time someone was like, how dare you do this? Like people saying all whatever, whatever they're saying about the Joker movie right now. Right. Yeah. But that's inside of us, you know? And if we don't explore it through our fiction, if we don't explore it through our creativity, it comes out in other ways, more dangerous ways. In fact, that's what the fucking movie, the Joker is about, dude. You know, when you're not able to express yourself when people aren't listening, you know, so Wes Craven found an outlet for his demons, and he's encouraging us to do the same. And I think that's very, very powerful. Is Joker a horror movie? No. <laughs> Did you it's, use a, it? it's a psychological thriller, though. You gave us a Joker quote earlier with that, you're one bad day away from, that's like a Joker thing. Well, in the new Joker movie, he didn't just have a bad day, y'all. He had a bad week. <laughs> he had a bad life. I, uh, yeah. I mean, and then on top of that, I mean, you're right, but he was also cognizant of the time. So when Wes Craven changed his his style in the 90s. Is that why he was more successful than other horror masters in the 90s? Yeah, I think he realized that what had changed. He couldn't do the same old, same old. He had to change it up a little bit. Because John Carpenter had some good movies in the 90s, but none of them were really su- successful, yeah. right? He didn't and, have the success he found yeah, in the 80s. Argento didn't have that success. Um, other other directors, Romero, didn't really have that success. Well, Clive why, Barker. Cl- Clive Barker? Yeah. What success did he have the in whole, the 90s? The Hellraiser. He all directed the first Hellraiser film, and he hates all the other ones after. Yeah, and the Hellraiser yeah. was in the 80s, the he first did, one. He did Nightbreed was, in the 90s, but that was not a popular... Yeah, it was in 87 was the first Hellraser. Yeah, film. that's an oh, 80s oh. film. Never mind. You better and, change your and top and five. And also, like, no, honestly, I'm a fan of Hellraiser, but man, those... The first one's good, and then, like, after, it's... Uh, the ones in the <laughs> 90s are, are Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, and uh, Bloodlines. Both of them just... Wasn't wolf. 3 the one Bloodlines that didn't have a wolf. director? Like they, ba- like, they halfway through the film, it didn't get finished, and then they Something tried to... Like that. Edit it to make a film. My favorite thing about part three is it's got the Cinebite that's got the CDs. Yes. And it kills people <laughs> with love CDs, the CDs, compact discs. Because yes. <laughs> that's what's up. In so the, the Scream franchise is a big deal. Do you like the Scream franchise? I love the Scream franchise. Obviously, it, it doesn't go as deep into the metaverse as New Nightmare does, but it's still there. It's aware of itself. Yeah, it's, it's very aware. The, the teenagers all know the rules. Yeah, They've they all seen them. the horror films. They know what happens if you go alone. They know if you happen to have sex. Like all the cliche things that Did, happened in the previous. You were talking about how in the 90s they tried to do horror movies that were very teen oriented. Like I Know What You Did Last Summer, Urban Legend. That, those were all, even H2O, those were all kind of aping on yeah, Scream. Scream. It was Scream success that and they wanted Kevin to Williamson. cash in on. Yeah, the Dawson's Creek guy. Yeah. He wrote not only... Did he do the screen films? But he also wrote, I know what he did in last summer films. Yeah, I love Kev- Kevin Williamson as a writer. I love the way he writes. It's very much like the way Kevin Smith wrote for Clerks. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Very dumb, like not so advanced people talking as if they're professors. I think it, <laughs> but that everybody being, in a Kevin Williamson yeah. film has a, a way higher vocabulary yeah. than they should. That being said, <laughs> He did the I know what he did last summer films, and they didn't capture that same thing that because because he didn't team up with Wes. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Nobody else is Wes Craig. No, Ryan Philippe was in those movies. Yes. Or the first one. And he is dreamy. He is. I give you that. 
So anyway, yeah, and Timothy Oliphant, dreamy Timothy Oliphant's in Scream too. Um, you guys like the Scream movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah they good stuff, right? I still need to, I need to watch four. I don't. I feel like I've seen it, but I've only seen like bits and pieces. It is great. Why do you think Wes Craven had success in the '90s when other directors that were popular in the '70s and '80s didn't? Yeah, it started to flounder. We had some new up and coming directors that were great, but a lot of the directors who returned didn't have the same success. Why do you think Wes Craven just like? I mean, I think it's what you said earlier. He's kind of more tuned into like the pulse of like society at the time, what we wanted in the horror film. And I think the other directors at the time just, I don't know, I guess they just couldn't find their, hit their mark. Um, I don't know. It might've helped that he was kind of like taking a approach that was more, I guess, relatable to younger audiences. Well, a little that, bit more self-aware as well. That's it. Like self-aware and like it was more people could, uh, access the work because i mean it sucks that they had to tone down some of the violence but it also meant like more teenagers could come in to see these other teenagers get murdered yeah. on film and what's <laughs> great it, it's the suspense and it's the dialogue the pacing the atmosphere that makes us love horror films not so much the gore the violence the sex all that stuff right? exactly like everything took a more psychological approach and he really really got into that speaking of getting into taking a more psychological approach well, Drew's not here. So, what about you, Justin? What do you think? <laughs> hey, he, yeah, he, <laughs> ask the right. question again. I'm listening. To, I was listening to you guys for so long. Why, Why did, was he so successful? Yeah, yeah. compared um, to others. Yeah, because it like there was. I mean, like with what? Uh, which year was Scream? Ninety four, ninety six, ninety six, and then ninety four was New Nightmare. Ninety seven is the second okay. Scream. So they were they were. Yeah, gearing up for the second one like they that. wanted that money, like yeah. bad. So like he he started with the new nightmare and well nineteen ninety yeah nineteen ninety he did people under the stairs if you want to start the nineties yeah. but he's well, talking no, about no, the no. meta changing the form oh, yeah making it meta and yeah goofier I would say and... yeah I would say new nightmare starts with his more being that film was cognizant and meta and and then scream was even more so yeah not not counting people under the stairs and new nightmare with the scream movies I think they were yeah. so popular because he basically took instead of Instead of taking a classic horror film and retooling it to be a new horror film, he took like the old seventies and eighties, like college college kid, like a uh, Animal House and stuff like that. You know, American Porky, Pie was like a few like years that. away. Yeah, like going yeah. back to that teen comedy idea yeah. of it a little bit. Yeah, so he took one of those movies and made it into a horror movie. And great casting, you yeah. know, with with people like uh, what's the dude that played uh, Leave Schreiber. Yeah, right. Jamie Kennedy, David Arquette. Um, what's the dreamy dude that's like Johnny Depp light? What's that, his name? He was that David Arquette, Ski Ulrich, Ski Ulrich. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, Matt Lillard. Yeah, you know? Matt Lillard. Matt Lillard. Yeah, yeah, Shaggy. Shaggy. Yeah, oh, Shaggy. Man. Um, I love the Scream movies. What about their legacy, John? I know I haven't seen the MTV show. I've heard good things about it. Now, Wes Craven had nothing to do with that. Kevin Williamson did though, right? Yeah, and I've never visited it because I heard it was decent. But because I'm a Wes Craven fan, I'm like, no Wes Craven, no dice. Yeah, but you, you know how important <laughs> Kevin Williamson is to those movies, yeah, right? I know, but he's not, they're not, I don't care. And even it's though it's Wes Craven. <laughs> even though it's not 90s, three sucks. Three is okay. It's got good, decent parts, but it felt like it was too, way too tongue in cheek. Yeah. Way too self aware. Yeah. Way too. It does have way James too, on the bottom. Yeah, way like too. All the good comedic. things we've been saying about him, it just did too much of it. Yeah. But four really got back to that for me. Four did, and that was the 2000s, but it is a phenomenal film. I totally a forgot Jay and Silent Bob are in the third one. Why are they in that movie? 
Because why Wes wouldn't they be? I not? don't understand. Because Miramax was making Scream and Jay yeah. and Silent Bob. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That was Miramax. It makes sense. You know, another thing that really happened during this time was like the move from practical effects to CG. What does CG stand for? Cock graphics. Yes, they detailed. <sighs> Wes Craven was all in on that. <laughs> <laughs> it was all that, um, it was all that porn experience. The, uh, yeah, the computer graphics. So there's this, the '90s and Jurassic Park, especially. We start seeing this, this, this go to from practical to more CG, and the '90s are guilty of this. Not always for the better. Case in point, um, they tr- they use CG to try to fix H2O's mask. By the way, not for the better. They tried, and then you've got films like American Werewolf in Paris. Which most people will agree Gross. is a mediocre film. I actually like it though because of the Bush song. That dude, that's a great song. The remix. Of it's Mouth. a great soundtrack. But it's that a whole movie soundtrack is, like is great. Absolute trash. Those werewolves <laughs> that are amazing looking, but they don't look like they're in the film. It looks like they superimposed. The werewolves look really weird, fucking weird. Yeah, I think one. they look really cool, but it, <laughs> they don't look like they belong to that film. Like they like don't have tails. Belongs, they belong to a much better film. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so there's this An yeah, American Werewolf in Glasgow. Which one? <laughs> I want to know the in-between film between London and Paris. Like, let's make that film. Let's do it. Let's get up behind it. Let's get Del Toro. American Werewolf in Portugal. <laughs> American Werewolf in Huntsville, Alabama. Hey, That's not it. between those two Wait, places. Wait, but I'm, already, I'm in America, and hold on. That doesn't work. <laughs> American Werewolf <laughs> in America. We'll make it like a French werewolf. The CG sticks out in that film. It does. And so, unfortunately, you've got a lot of great films marred by bad CG. Some films are great CG because... They le- oh. they used a half visual, I mean, sorry, half practical and half CG for uh, the uh, the the damn evil ship one, the spaceship. What's that called? Event Horizon. Thank you. I forgot the name of it, and but it works well. It works. That one visually is a treat. Del Toro's like likes to mix yeah, the two. and it mixed well, but there are some films where they definitely pushed the CG envelope, and either the budget didn't allow it or practical, the CG didn't allow it. To period. me, one of those is the remake of The Haunting. Bad CG. Bad CG, and that's all they relied on for that movie. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, when they cut off Owen Wilson's head, or, yeah, Owen, like, wow. Um, (laughs) Wow, my head's missing. When they cut off his head, that really worked for me. But aside from that, it's all just like CG, you know, angel cherubim statues turning their heads and making faces. Like, it looks so cheesy. There's a lot of bad CG. It's like I'm playing Doom on my PC computer from 1993. (laughs) Why were you British when you said computer? I don't understand. PC computer. I was South African. Whatever. (laughs) I think they have a British accent. Anyway. Because they were colonized by the British. It was a Diane word thing. Whatever. Um, He's got a PC computer. (laughs) Jeremy. Yeah. What's up? Do you think it was abrupt? There's some... You agree there's some bad CG, and that these films would have benefited from some more practical effects. Ooh, New Nightmare I, has some great practical effects. I'm gonna say, and this is it's bad. I love New Nightmare, but so the very beginning when he's working on that glove and that glove starts moving around on its own, it's <laughs> mm, a little iffy because that's some CG and this. Yeah, you yep. can clearly tell that glove isn't meant to be there in the rest of its real, and that's a CG object. But yeah. I'll tell you what, look at the Adams Family movie, and the thing, thing he looks a lot better somehow, right? Because that's yeah. practical. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Uh, I guess that's true. They use like robotics, right? A little bit of robotics. No, it was they a dude's hand. That and a they dude's hand, a, but they, yeah, would, they yeah, cut they, off a real dude's hand. They did green screen shit. <laughs> yeah, they cut off a real dude's that, hand and made it walk around. Yeah. Wow. Excuse me, guys, let's not make fun of it. That was an actual guy. He had a disease <laughs> where he didn't he was, have a body. He, was just he just had nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. nothing left. Um, also, 
again again in New Nightmare, the very end of it, when like they stab him inside the furnace and his like, his face like expands across the screen. It's weird. It's a yeah. really weird scene. Well, that scene. part actually is not CG. It's practical effects, but it looks really weird. That is, is practical, but you're right. <laughs> what about giant the, face? Yeah, the fire after also is the explosion. That, that's is, that's weird. It's, that's really weird. It's CG. like, like you were saying, it's like they they got to the point where they're trying to do CG effects, but they didn't quite know how they wanted to implement yeah, it into films. New Nightmare had a big budget, but what it didn't have is that I don't think CG was had caught up at the time for certain things. Yeah, because it's earlier in the night. Yeah, like ninety four, ninety three. And fire was not something that CG had perfected at the time. Oh no, they used dinosaurs. Yes, oh. fire. <laughs> No. Yeah, there's clearly like some like they, they <laughs> barely like had, they barely had fire in Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, right. It's like somebody clearly animated this. Yeah. <laughs> it holds up better than the the weird black screen superimposed dancing Freddy skeleton from from, from was that Freddy's from, Dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, but now yeah. you're playing with power. What do you th- what do you think about the CG and the the, the, the they, rise of CG? They and do the, the, use have some they do use some really CG. good Nick Arcade CG in Freddy's Dead when Breck and Meyer goes into the video game. Oh it looks my just God. like Nick Arcade, doesn't it? That I scene that is Nick so Arcade. cheesy. It's so cheesy, and then he like hits his head on the ceiling a bunch. And it's, oh, that movie! I hate guys. that movie because it, it's like I mean I like the movie to be honest with you, but I hate that bit because it's like, oh, this guy's a stoner. And he <laughs> like, plays video games, so of course he's not paying attention. He's going to die first, you dummies. Don't smoke weed and play games. He's making stoners <laughs> and video gamers look bad. What do you think about that, Jeremy? I think the end of it's really cool because they go through all the uh, death mon- like a death montage for all the movies. Yeah, they do. That's like the best part of the film and the rest of it's okay. Well, and Roseanne's in the movie. She's crazy. That's There's fun. a lot of random uh, famous actors in that. Yeah, it's... uh. A film. Um, <laughs> so, what do you think about the CG in? Uh, no, yeah, the rise of CG. Power. You're an actor. Yeah. Is there a lot of CG yeah, in the stuff you're in? I heard they had to CG your testicles on in a recent movie. <laughs> Was that the Transformers movie? Are you uh, in the new Terminator? <laughs> no. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually break with you guys a little bit on this subject. I like going back and watching the '90s CG because it's not overdone like it. I mean, for the time, everything now is CG. Yeah, everything's CG. It's and, cheaper. And seeing the seeing this, going back and watching '90s movies with the CG that they used is almost as enjoyable as watching the old claymation stuff. But doesn't it, isn't some of it though throw you off though if you're really into a movie and it's like <laughs> oh that's clearly a CG monkey and it sort of like takes you out of that zone. You know well, what I'm saying? Yeah, obviously it's gonna mess with you if, if some weird shit like that happens. But I mean, it looks. It look that the worst CG in the '90s is more enjoyable for me to watch than some of the new stuff. You like the dating of it, yeah, yeah. You it's like, like you like, like I said, it's like the claymation it's a snapshot. And stuff. Yeah, Goldsmith yeah. will date anything. And like, there's some pretty <laughs> cool stuff in like uh, Lord of Illusions, like where he's passing the like. It looks bad. It's clearly fake because people can't do that. Okay, I get it. I get <laughs> but, it. Yeah. What about what about you, Robbie? <laughs> What CG, what stands out, or what do you think's bad? Or do you think that oh, the rise of the 90s CG was for the worst? Because I'm a big fan of practical effects. Look at the, some of the bad CG in the 90s. Yeah. Then go back to 82 and yeah. watch The Thing, which is all practical. Yeah, I and get that it. that shit's amazing. Well, watch some of the stuff from the early 90s that wasn't, you know? And I get it. Like, look at the difference between The Haunting and, I don't know, people under the stairs. Like, maybe they're not trying to... Like, I feel like once they started doing CG, they were like, well, I think before they were ready... They started going too far. They were like, well, we can just do this with CG. And then somebody, I'm sure, was like, no, we can't. But some <laughs> producer or director was like, yeah, you can. 
just you know, put your head down and power through it. You know, yeah. you'll 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 get to it. What do you I, mean people have to have shadows? What I the mean, fuck? Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Is that like you know, at the time, Spawn looked awesome. Now mm. it doesn't. No. You know, not at all. It's you a know, troublesome. But, but you have to have those steps to get where we're going. And I'm I going, remember it looking really shitty when it came out. I thought Spawn looked amazing when really? I first saw it. Yeah. Dude, when he turns his cape into like armor around himself and stuff, that's sick back in the yeah. day. But now it's like woof. Yeah, back then <laughs> I didn't see that his cape was moving through like statues and people. You they know had what I'm major saying? clipping yeah. issues then. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see that back then. But you know, I, I think it was necessary and I'm glad it happened I guess in the late nineties. Um, but like, yeah, look at like look at Alien Three versus Alien Resurrection. You know, like, yeah. The the aliens that are practical look way better yeah. than the ones that are CG. But things have changed. At the same time, though, Jurassic Park came out, what, 93? Yeah. It looks amazing still today. Yeah. Well, most of you know? there's a lot of stuff in it was practical, too. It's true. It was half practical, half <clears throat> CG. Yeah. I think what happened is too many filmmakers started using it as a crutch. I do think that continues into today. Oh, most Did you certainly. know that Jeff Goldblum was entirely CG through the whole film? It, only in Lost World. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I had my I had my facts wrong. You can't CG the six pack he had in the first movie. So talk about six pack. I'm gonna take a break and get another beer. When we come back, we're talking about our top five. And I think Robbie reached out to the old social media, asked them their favorite horror films from the nineties. We'll be right back on Pop Culture Philosophers. Welcome back to Pop Culture Philosophers, We're talking about 90s whore. And I think Robbie That's reached right. out to the old social media, asked them their favorite 90s horror film. We're about to do our top five here in just a second, but I'm curious to hear what everybody else thinks. The PCP Army, the general public, um, see what they see what their favorite 90s horror film is. You know, it's always interesting, the social media, John. I yeah, really we like always it. get some crazy... Some expected stuff, and then some like off the wall stuff. Yeah, and I love hearing from the friends, fans, followers, family, all that jazz, right? Dogs, cats. Yeah, listen no to kid. the show. So from the live stream this last Sunday, that's right. Every Sunday night, pretty much seven p.m. U.S. Central Time, I do a live stream on our YouTube channel, Pop Culture Philosophers. Check that out. Um, Saint Gia said it. Yeah. is his favorite 90s horror movie, and it's a miniseries the, on yeah, TV, the but it's, it's good. It works. Yeah, it counts. And he movie. also said Blair Witch Project. Good call. Good call. Stephanie Lynch said Army of Darkness and The Craft. We haven't brought up Army of Darkness or we, The Craft. I, well, I think Army of Darkness is probably going to get brought up a lot. Yeah. yeah. In top yeah. five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's just my, my idea. idea. <laughs> um, Eddie G said Candyman. Comics Club said The Sixth Sense and Interview with a Vampire. Brett Hess, a master artist, said Silence of the Lambs. Hamburger Basket, one of my favorite YouTube handles, <laughs> says Demon Knight. Ravenous and Mouth of Madness. Mouth of Madness, yeah, mouth a great one. Yeah. So good. John Carpenter, actually. I watched that last night for the first time. It's Reggie amazing. Simmons, our good homie Reggie, Reggie, Reggie Simmons, said Ringu. Ooh. Oh, yeah. We said that. 1998. Yeah. Good call. Good, good call. Keith on the live stream said Jacob's Ladder and The Good Son. The Good Son. I forgot that was a thing. I forgot about The Good Son. I wouldn't make my top five that regardless. That was Macaulay Culkin, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's disturbing. This is a weird movie. Yeah, it's dark. Thank you, guy. It's a great film. Yeah, bringing that, that up. up. Yeah. yeah. Let's jump over to my Twitter page. 
real quick. And we got some, oh, we got some combo creators joining in the conversation here. First of all, we have Brad, Brad F. who says Candyman. Leslie, our fan from the Philippines, I believe, says The Guardian? Creepy babysitter who just floated in the forest. It's a climatic scene. I have no idea what he's talking about. This sounds great. The Guardian's a film? Yeah, The Guardian. Okay, I don't, I don't know, know he, this film. That's my he fault. He sent me yeah. a screenshot of the film Ooh. from 1990. Show that over apparently. here. I want to see. I got to check it out. It's really just a rotten, yeah, yeah, but there it is. That's that's crazy. I've never seen that. Absolutely. That's super cool. Also, um, Chad Rebman, writer of Relics of Youth at uh, Vault Comics, said seven. Directed by David Fincher, that movie scared the living crap out of me so bad <laughs> that I slept with the light on for like a week. Hell yeah. <laughs> and he's currently co-writing, of course. Relics of Youth by Vault Comics. Um, oh, Darcy Van Polgeest, writer of Little Bird, my literally my favorite comic book of this year, said Jacob's Ladder. Talk about psychological. I need, I, need to, I need to revisit that. I haven't seen that since like middle school. I was gonna say I don't think I've ever seen it. And if I have, it was when I was. It's a too good. Young. It's a good. It's a great film. It's uh Tim Robbins, right? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Love Tim Robbins. Yeah, some great responses right there. Let's move over to the PCP Army. I'm really excited. We got some like some some. We got some that I expected the same old. You know, I expected the same top five to be similar. Yeah. To what the what they were going to say, but there's definitely some ones that stood out and some different ones. So I appreciate you guys for chiming in from the PCP army, our official pop culture philosophers, Facebook group. We got Jeff Shirley saying Blair, Witch project for sure, especially seeing it on the big screen and not actually seeing. Oh, see. Witch. Yeah. Yeah. James Donahoe. Good friend of the show. Yep. Said in the mouth of madness. Yeah. Great. That's a great movie. Another in the mouth. Madness. It's not in my top five, but it really is good. I need to revisit that soon. Finley. Finley. Finley gave us a few. For different situations, I guess, right? He's like, if I want to laugh, if I want to be scared, whatever. Basically, Finley said, people under the scare. Under (laughs) Under the scares. People (laughs) under the stairs. That's my next horror film I'm making. The Frighteners, Scream, House on Haunted Hill, Mm. and Event Horizon. Wow, he's got some great fucking taste. And The Faculty. Yeah, The Faculty is actually starring Usher Raymond. Yeah, and it's part of that teen. Paul Edwards, five hours ago, said, Evil Dead. To which I said, you mean Army of Darkness? No yeah, response. The, no it's response. the 90s. <laughs> okay. Then, then Chris Polk said, Army of Darkness. Will Priest, friend of the show, said Scream. Grayson says Scream. Clem says, depends if you count Silence of the Lambs. Hell we yeah, do. we do. Adam Bryson said, how much time do you have? I said, limit it to a top three. He said, People Under the Stairs, Tremors, Demon Knight, Idle Hands, Frighteners, <laughs> From Dust Till Dawn, The Blair Witch Project, Jacob's Ladder, Audition, Dead Alive, Misery, New Nightmare, yeah. Respect for Idle Hands. That's the yeah. ultimate stoner horror comedy yeah. thing. I yeah. love it. <laughs> Good old Brian A. said From Dusk Till Dawn and Lair of the White Worm for an obscurish one. Um, Jason, um, our good friend at Comics Misexplained, said probably Event Horizon. That's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Garen said Poltergeist. I had to remind him that's, that's not that's not. A, <laughs> the third one is, but it's like yeah, trash. Yeah, maybe that's what he's talking <laughs> about. I don't know. Good old Dylan from the Deep said Night of the Living Dead, the Tom Savini version, The Frighteners, and the Blair Witch Project, which he said unpopular opinion. I know. I doubt that, homie. We're right there with you. Timothy Gorman, good friend of the show, said Della Moore, aka Cemetery Man. Randy Riley said Screamers from Dusk Till Dawn, The Faculty, Cube. I hate Cube. It, Event Horizon, <laughs> The People Under the Stairs, Night Breed, Flatliners, and then good old House, who I mentioned, yeah. said Misery. 
Thank you all. Yeah. That was a lot of social media. Thank you yeah. all. Everybody on Twitter. I was surprised with the variety. I expected the same. Dude, like, we got some comic ones. book writers respond. I'm also surprised the amount of people that put Blair Witch. Yeah. Yeah. It's their favorite. Yeah. I wonder what's in our favors. I think Army of Darkness is going to be talked about a lot personally. It's funny that it hasn't been brought up because I'm sure you're right. Because of reasons. <laughs> yeah. You better wait. <laughs> Maybe we've been saving it. I was really interested. All this to talk hear of West Craven five. was a mislead. Okay. Yeah. I'll say also misery is one I feel like I, I thought more people would bring up th- throughout because I mean it's, it's one of the King. best Stephen King ones. Yeah. 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 It's a great book. It's a great film. Yeah, Alicia's, it's a great adaptation. Alicia's reading that right now, and she says, like, it's just crazy. Anytime I see the ankle breaking scene, it oh. just hurts my ankles in real life. I, like, love, I can't. I love the Family Guy version <laughs> yes. of that. Damn it. I'll be in a wheelchair. No, you won't. She <laughs> just kills. <laughs> just kills. Um, so, so that was your favorite. Some of you gave us your favorite. Some of us gave you your top 20. <laughs> We're going to get to our top five, sort of the meat and potatoes of the show. Or the dessert or whatever. Robbie and I discuss this every time. <laughs> argue over it. It is the meat and potatoes. So, the... Uh, I'm going to actually start with Jeremy. If you can in uh, dis- uh, start with your number five and uh, give us your, your top five if you can. If you can narrow it down to five. It's really hard. We always say that. We always tell people you have to narrow it down I to five. I hate that. It's so and hard. Then you go, if you can. It's hard because like sometimes you want to put slip a sixth in there, you know? Yeah. But, I'm down uh, for an honorable mention. John's not. Uh, yeah, I mean, my honorable mention would go to uh, definitely Event Horizon. I didn't make it on the list because uh, it, it would go into six. And pr- yeah, it would go in the sixth slot if I could. But I love that movie, but not enough to make the five. Um, number uh, five is going to be The Frighteners. The Frighteners, Peter Jackson, a, yeah. Michael J. Fox, yeah, Daniel Day Lewis was not in the film. No, 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 no. <laughs> no look, Arlie Army's in it though. Arlie Army, he's rest in peace. He's in it. He's one of the like actually has yeah, actually a great cast. Yeah. And dude, Fre- Peter Jackson. It's one I really think that I think it's an underrated film. I really it's do. weird too because I thought it, it's a watching good movie. it as a kid and even as an adult. I'm like, I'm surprised this did not do better than it did because it seems very. It's scary, yes, but it does seem like it's designed to like maybe start possibly a franchise, but nothing else came out of it. It was just the one movie in it. Maybe it's due to Peter Jackson saying, hey, I want that Lord of the Rings money. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you think of the timing. Because <laughs> it came out Lord like, of the Rings was right. Like, it was yeah. right after. Yeah, I don't know if maybe that had something to do with it because it felt like at the end of it they were setting it up for a franchise, but then. It just always felt more cult. Yeah, me. I don't know what happened, but it's a great movie. Um, number four uh, is going to be. New Nightmare, Wes Craven. Oh, nice. Because I am always going to be a Freddy fan in Nightmare on Elm Street and everything. He's great. So the fact that he was able to transition that series into the 90s after a hiccup, one might say. Maybe a hiccup. Um, Talk about Freddy's Dead? I like yeah. Freddy's Dead. I mean, I don't hate Freddy's Dead. It's got it's got it's, positive things. It is so cheesy. Yeah. It's fun to watch. That 3 bit. 3D bit is when, awesome. When they put on the damn 3D glasses for no reason other than to promote a 3D film, um, but it's it's a decent movie. But a new nightmare is a better film. Yeah, having bringing bringing West back to the franchise, exactly. and doing what West does the best. To me, it's a perfect trilogy. The West Craven ones. That's one, three, and yeah, a new nightmare. Dream Warriors. I've said that to everybody. That's Ooh, like if you watch, some, if you want the perfect trilogy, I could probably give a whole like dissertation on dream warriors and how awesome it is we but should we do won't. an 80s horror redux one day oh my god well that's gonna definitely <laughs> be in there um number uh three yes it's gonna yes. be from dust till dawn wow. really that made your top five yes 
Easy. Wow. I love that movie. It's really good. You I only like the first half of that movie. When they're in there playing like instruments and all the people, like it's body parts and stuff. You look away and it's like instruments and you look back later and they're playing like instruments made of like entrails and like body parts. Amazing. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. And, and Tom yeah. Savino. Is Tom yeah. Savini is, is the it uh, it? crotch yep. gun guy? Yep. Uh, Sir George Clooney. Why is everybody I'm everybody, sword, I'm everybody now. Robert well, is Rodriguez. He, is he actually a sir? I don't no, think so. He's I, not. No. He's, but yeah, but he Robert Rodriguez. But I am. Robert Rodriguez. Uh, you can tell, though, the directing style changes significantly significantly after they get I've been, to the, I argue with Mike about this all the time. Mike, the voice, Matthews. Um, Tarantino did the first half of that film. It's a crime film. It's like the first 25%. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. And then it goes crazy, and that's Robert. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I don't... Once they go, they go to where what, was it like a bordello or something? There, yeah, yeah. I lose it. I lose it. I love the first bit of that movie. It's basically like but I hate the rest. It's almost like have you ever seen Death Proof and Planet yeah. Terror? Yeah, it's, it's very like that. It's I almost like, like they had multiple directors. <laughs> I mean, it's the same two people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, but in that case, I like the the Robert Rodriguez part better. I like Planet Terror way better than Death Proof. Really? Proof. I think Death Proof is the worst thing Tarantino did outside of Four Rooms. I've never seen Four Rooms. I hate that movie. Well, then I, I don't know. <laughs> They're now, both like, involved in that one, too. <laughs> now I'm scared to watch it. it I mean, maybe I'll watch it because... You have to watch it. You have to watch it. I don't feel you're missing anything by <laughs> skipping it. Uh, I'll probably get to it at some point. I have a backlog of films to watch. Anyway. Okay. You're number two. Number two is going to be Army of Darkness. Army yes. of Motherfucking yes, Darkness. Yes, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Go. Every, Sam Raimi. I'm pretty much on board with most Sam Raimi things. And, well, maybe Sir not Spider- Sam Raimi. Maybe not Spider-Man 3. Um... That's a little I rough. like Spider-Man 3. That's a different story. Spider-Man yeah. 3 has good things about it, but again, that was like producer's interference and stuff. It's not right? his fault that it ended up terrible. Like, yeah. I don't think he wanted to do the shitty Venom parts and all that. I'm going to tell anyway. you this. The, the CG in Spider-Man 3 looks better than the CG in a 90s horror film. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. Um, but I love I love uh, Army of Darkness because it's, it's an adventure film, but it's also like a dark, it's a dark fantasy adventure. Like yeah. it's horror and all, you know. But it it's does g- take itself less seriously than the previous exactly. Evil Dead films, but it, for the better. <laughs> what? Well, I mean, I think the first one took itself too seriously, there, but the second one, like, it's more tongue in cheek. Is, it gets yeah. a little bit They're more. all absurd. They're yeah. all yeah. absurd. <laughs> but, but Army of Darkness is more so absurd. I mean, the whole Cloud Tube It doesn't feel like they even tried to be scary. I just rewatched Darkman for an upcoming movie review oh we're doing. God, that was Darkman. the PCP Army. How does he talk with no lips? Anyway, dude. But anyway, <laughs> that, that movie is so Sam Raimi, but it's so good. I like you know? Arm- and, yeah. And, yeah, I like dude, Darkman. Liam, Liam fucking Neeson. I like Darkman. That's a good movie. I've yeah, seen it, it a is. few times. Yeah, it's great. And my number one is Tremors. Holy Tremors. shit! Nice. Really? I told everybody on the live stream. Tremors, Tremors. will be mentioned. Tremors. Tremors. Tremors is my number one. The movie. Even. Hell yes, it's amazing. With Kevin, Sir Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Hell yeah. Kevin Sir Bacon. You I, mean. I have <laughs> Tremors defined a lot of my uh, childhood at that time, and I have. I don't know why as a kid I watched it so much, but I love that movie, and I still do. I go back and watch it like pretty regularly. Even, um, I mean, it's not like the best acting performance from any, even the good actors, but. It is a very unique film, and it started kind of like the, I guess the um, horror, like the monster movie, like American monster movie uh, trend at the time. I Everybody think. else was doing psychological thriller. We're just like straight up monsters, baby. Yep. We don't care about none of that. It's These a, are some things from another yeah. planet. It's a throwback, or, man. It's a really cool concept, yeah. and it's got a great cast. It's like we don't care about trying to keep this realistic. It's just there's monsters under the ground, and if you move, they'll eat you. <laughs> That's the story. <laughs> I like that. It. Yeah, that was the prequel, to Beetlejuice, with the big <laughs> <laughs> the sandworm. That's a great. Sandworm. That would be that would be Dune with the Shai Hulud. 
That is a that is a top. That's a phenomenal top five. Very interesting top five. I didn't think any fucking pe- person would ever put Tremors as their number one, dude. But Tremors. I did. <laughs> Tremors. Sir, Sir Jeremy Goldsmith. Yeah, I said you were knighted during break. <laughs> Your top five, if you can narrow down to top five, I know you're gonna have. If I swear to God, I, if you have an honorable mention, I will punch you no, right in the penis. I don't. I'm not doing an honorable mention, but I'm gonna say that Tremors was in my top fifteen until I had to trim it down, <laughs> so I cut out monster movies. You had to, you had I, to trim it down. Yeah. I tr- yes. Tremors I it tr- down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all I had to cut is, out all my monster movies. All of this movies, is being so cut out of the episode. There so went that's fine. There went Tremors and Arachnophobia. <laughs> Spoilers. My number five, though, Blair Witch Project. Oh. How does that keep making people's top fives? Because it's it was a game changer, man. I'll give you that. It was a game changer. And it was really it's really scary to watch the first time. Especially <laughs> if you were, imagine eh. if you were one of those people that really <laughs> thought it was legit. Because there were people that thought this was real. Imagine how terrifying that would yeah, be. Yeah, keep my, I was 10 years old when it came out. Holy shit. Yeah, fuck you. You were just a wee baby. <laughs> Yeah, and we didn't have the internet at the time, or not ready For the people to listening, it. and I don't know how many people know Goldsmith, the actor. He is 12 years old now. <laughs> he saw it two years ago. It is now on, 2001. On Blu-ray. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're okay, clocking it. You watch it. Uh, number four. Yes, number four is the House on Haunted Hill remake. Wow. Really? Yeah, it's on my top five. I fucking love that movie. That surprises I have always, the fuck out of me. I, hate I, have I didn't know it was going to make anybody's list. You hate it? I'm not trying to be that strong, even though yeah. I did tell Jeremy that I hated... What was that movie you mentioned? The, the best, Tremors? Did you hate Tremors? <laughs> I know, Dust Till Dawn. I oh, hate, from Dust Till Dawn. I, oh, yeah, I yeah. hate the second Is this part the one with Jeffrey Rush? My yeah. using the Haunted? Yeah. He looks oh. almost exactly... He does a very good Vincent, like Price. Vincent Price. Yeah. Yeah. But he's no Vincent Price. He's got what, well, well, Allie Larder not. in it and uh, Tay Diggs, right? Combs yeah. is in that movie. Jeffrey... Jeffrey Combs is yes. It? Oh yeah, he plays one of the doctors. Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It has a great and, cast. I'll and give you Chris that. Chris Kattan plays the. Yes, the, he does. Yeah. The sidekick. One cool thing I'll say. One cool thing about that movie is that like a a woman and a black man survive to the end of it. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. what? That was like old nineties, yeah. early two thousands thing, man. Yeah. LL Cool J started that shit. Yeah, that's exactly. true with Deep Blue. And, it, and it's C. like no with H two O. Like what? Halloween H two O. LL makes it. And man, when but and then it the, started a movement. But Samuel L. Jackson could not be a part of that. <laughs> no, no, he got ate up real quick in that. <laughs> but this is legit, like one of the movies I think of when I think horror film because it's like I mean I love the old one too. Now I watched that movie when I was like right after high school, and I remember the hype around it. So like you were young, yeah, and so I can imagine like that's a big that's a big deal. Yeah, it was, at that age, it yeah, was especially. awesome. Yeah, and also the Merlin Manson cover of Sweet was it Sweet? It's got a great song, soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack's great, but it like it's the when I think of horror, this is like one of my favorite concepts of it is the original and Yeah, the and Vincent the new Price one. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you if you if you can survive the night in this house, then you get a million dollars or however yeah. much it was. Because we would do that in a heartbeat. I would yeah. do that. I have loans to pay off. I don't <laughs> care if I die yeah. then I don't have to pay off the loans, I guess. And you do. It's a win win <laughs> either way. It's, it's I love that movie. What is your number three? <clears throat> my number three is Clive okay. Barker's Lord of Illusions. Oh, oh Lord of Illusion. That's yeah. a good film. I really, really love it. It's a detective noir with horror mixed in. I guess detective noir mixed into horror, but it's. We were talking about the CG earlier, and like, uh, I forget the actor's name. He's in Super Troopers as the other. Whatever. He, it's like passing around fire. Huh? Brian Cox? No, no, no. He was the other. Whatever. It's not important. It's a really, really awesome movie. I love detective noirs and. It's 
it's like a mix of a lot of my favorite things in one movie. And Scott Bakula plays the main character. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say it. That's why he likes it, because yeah. of Scott Bakula. That's well, why. Scott Bakula, yep, too. That's he's, it. Got a, he's got a yeah. hard on for Scott Bakula. He just yeah. thinks it's a special episode of Quantum Leap. <laughs> Is it not? <laughs> see? See, that's the reality he's living no, in. it's a good movie. But it's like, a great movie. We did a whole Clyde Barker <laughs> thing for a horror fest, like, God, probably like 10, 8 years ago or something. And, and yeah, we watched it, and it was, it was fun. It, it held up. Yeah, I still love it. So what's your number two, your deuce? My number two. Drop a deuce on us. Event Horizon. Ooh. Ah, the Event Horizon. Yeah. She's come back. Yes. Uh, it's Sam Neill was one of my favorite actors when I was a kid. He hasn't it's because really you're a Jurassic Park Jurassic fan. Jurassic Park, yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> mainly. But he hasn't really done much. Not, not because of the omen. She won't let you. Which omen <laughs> movie is he? He's in one of the omen movies. He's in omen three, Damien. Oh yeah, he mm-hmm. plays Damien growing up, becoming part of the U.S. That's government. That's a '90s yeah. movie. He's a he's an ambassador. That is a '90s, that's movie. A 90s I horror movie. I think that's '80s. I think Awakening is, is the only Omen movie that's oh, okay. in the '90s. Uh, Moving on. Anyway, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne, dude, like, Event Horizon is really amazing. Awesome Event Horizon is one of those films that I, I was not really aware of. Like I saw the poster, and I was working at the theater at the time, and I was like, "Oh, this looks cool. I'll go check it out." Boredom. And just blew my fucking mind. You know, yeah. people still quote that as or mention that movie as being one of the rare movies that scares them today. It's creepy yeah. as shit. It's nightmarish. <laughs> yeah, because it's like it's like that Hellraiser thing where they like find it's like it's Hellraiser is, in space. This is the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the limit configuration is Hellraiser a whole spaceship. Yeah. Space was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I forget. Yeah. That's the thing. Is oh. it Clive Barker? No, no, no. It's no. Del Toro. What, Event Horizon? No. Wait, who the hell did Event Horizon? It's Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill. <laughs> I'm just yeah, trying to remember just, if it's anybody famous. They just made that movie together. Because it does feel is it, is it just Barker-ish. one guy that just made this movie? One yeah. person um, that just made this movie? His name was Steve Paul, Horizon. Paul W.S. Anderson. Oh, oh, really? Oh, we know him. Yeah, I didn't know that's who did yeah. that. I love that movie, though. It's oh, movie. wow. Yeah, that's a great top wow. four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we get to your number one. We got kind of sidetracked by Event Horizon. This is a long podcast, but it's horror yeah. related, so who cares? People can't tell, but we're doing the whole podcast on that Event Horizon ship. Oh my yes. god, I'm it's, out! It's super <laughs> scary, by the way. Yeah. We've died hell, nine times. Yeah. We started with more people on the show. And there's there's, a, there's, there's really a portal murdered. to a hell dimension right to our fucking left, and it's just really creepy. One of those is a dimension to beer. The other one takes you to hell. So it's a slippery slope. <laughs> I'm like, I need another beer. Ooh, which which portal do I take? Unfortunately, it's only Bud Light Live. <laughs> Which I like, and people bash, but I like it. What's your number one? My number one. This is your favorite. You can't ever change this. Yeah, <laughs> and it, and I almost took it off the list because I was trying to trim everything down, but I, I couldn't leave it off. Oh, please, please trim let it be a Wes Craven film. It's Army of Darkness. I knew it. Yes. Not, a, not a Wes Craven film. That's fine. I tried to t- to trick myself into taking it off the list and making it a Bruce Campbell film and not a horror film. but It's almost not a horror film because it's more comedic, but it's such a fantastic it's film. It's so close to just being a straight-up dark fantasy film, but it's, it's a horror film. It's a horror film. It is phenomenal. Yeah. Bruce Campbell is one of my favorite actors I love Bruce of Campbell. all time. I've, I've modeled a Have good bit of a persona Have you watched the entire Evil him. Dead show? <laughs> Did you watch Bruce versus the I Army of Darkness? I don't think I watched the last half of the last season. I need to go season. watch it myself. I need to finish it. Yeah, I didn't but finish I really the last season it. where he's got the daughter. Yeah. I didn't finish that. Everything else I finished. I need to finish the last season. But I you love know, the show. They they just announced the other day that um, Bruce Campbell is producing a new Evil Dead movie. Are you fucking serious? Uh, what? I don't think that Sam Raimi's going to direct it. Oh. I heard that. But Hopefully I think Sam Raimi's somehow involved. I think he's involved as in like an executive or something. His yeah. fingerprints are all over the show and it shows, and that's why the show is good. Because the show but, actually but, is good. But the Army of Darkness is like one of the overall best movies from the 90s period. 
Because Bruce Campbell giving these these one liners that yeah, literally nobody else in the universe could, could make off. work. All right, you <laughs> primitive screwheads, listen up. This is my boomstick. <laughs> Is that why you're randomly grabbing people in public and saying, give me some sugar, baby, and kissing them? Just random people. Hell Is that because of that movie? That's not Groovy. appropriate. <laughs> Hail to the king, baby. <laughs> or are you going to say something, Robbie? Look like you want to say something. I think you were winding Sorry. up a quote there for a second. <laughs> it was it got ruined. Did I steal the quote what you were about to say? First you say you love me, then you say you hate me. Yes. Blow. <laughs> it is it is a great film. It's a great action. Bruce being... Bruce Campbell is Bruce Campbell. I mean, yeah. he'll, I'm, I'm fortunate he'll always be type, typecast as Ash, but Ash is so... Well, clearly, you haven't seen Burn Notice. Yeah, well, I've seen Burn Notice. I've seen Jack of All Trades, but he's, he's to me, he's Ashley. He I does such he, a I good job. I think he's typecast as Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah he's right. himself in all films. We met him. Robbie and I met him. And we what did, did he say? He talked shit to us. He, did, he made fun of the way we were dressed. Yeah, he was because... wearing this... this purple like velvet yeah. suit it, like something like would have worn in yeah. 1986 you said something about how snappy he was dressed he actually looked amazing he looks he looks fantastic i complimented him and he said what he said yeah that's right what about you bunch of schlubs bunch of schlubs he called <laughs> us and that was one of the greatest and we were moments like, of my life thank you so much <laughs> we're now by worthy the, by the way while we're on the subject of bruce campbell i want everybody to know that you need to read bruce campbell's first book that came out a long like years ago. It's called "If Chins Could Kill." Huh. If Chins Could Kill. You've he also he also on you. Founded... His first book is actually Leviticus. Oh wow, <laughs> that's impressive. He also founded Campbell Soup. Most people don't know that. Little known fact. Campbell Soup. Yeah, and he made a deal with fucking Andy Warhol. <laughs> he did. And Marilyn Monroe. The uh, we're off sub. <laughs> <laughs> what? We should probably get back to the actual show. Yeah. Um. I think I think we got a couple people left, including Rock and Robbie. Oh yeah, I'm you, curious your top five because you and I, I think we have we're kindred spirits, so I think we're gonna have a similar top five. I think we're gonna have a different one, but I think I'm more Wes Craven fan than you. Okay, I think so. So I, give me your top five. Okay. Just throw it at me. Just shit it on me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Poop it on his chest. I have an honorable mention. Oh my god, you fucker! <laughs> yes, we <laughs> do it. I would G- say we need to edit this out, but you do that. <laughs> Joe, Joe Dante's Gremlins 2. Okay. I think I say Joe Dirt. <laughs> so, Dude, I, just, I love, love Gremlins 2. Love Joe Dante. Yeah. Check out his Facebook, by the way. He posts some awesome shit on there. By the way, honorable mention, you spent more time on it than me. Okay. Bang. Right. Right. <laughs> Never mind. Number five. Yeah, Gremlins 2 is great. Gremlins 2 is hilarious. Number five. The top of meta. Directed by Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez. 1999, The Blair Witch Project. Yeah. You son of a bitch. I'm serious. Damn. Okay, so. But you saw it in the theater. We worked at the yeah. theater together. I can't watch the movie now and it have the same effect, but the effect that it had when I watched that in the movie, you grow up, you hear people, at, at our age, you hear people be like, oh, so you think you like Star Wars? Well, I watched Star Wars on opening night. <laughs> you know, you can't replace that feeling. Well, you can't replace Dude, the feeling. all these people that saw the original have throat cancer. Yeah. And you're... <laughs> but, in my experience. But, like, no, but you can't replace the experience of watching Blair Witch Project on opening weekend. You can't. Because everybody thought it was real. It, everybody thought it was real, John. You didn't think I, it was real, though. I, I thought it was based on a real legend. I didn't think the movie was real, but you I thought it was based, based on, on a real events. legend. Okay. Yes. And and it's done. It's all fabricated. To me, that movie's genius in marketing. It started this whole... 
you know, Paranormal Activity and Cloverfield, that stuff doesn't exist without the Blair Witch Project, right? You're right, yeah. yeah. And to me, that movie is incredibly effective. The first time you watch it in a theater with a full-packed theater of rowdy-ass kids. Throwing up. (laughs) Like, rowdy-ass kids. Pominger had to go in there on my showing and quiet everybody down. Where is that guy? I miss him so much. He was hilarious. He's dead. He's not dead. I'm just kidding. What I feel so scared. Wow, what that was really fuck? grim. This is a 90s horror. Po- yeah. Dark. Anyway, um, but anyway, Blair Witch, you can't, I, I talked about this on the live stream, you can't replicate that night. Yeah. You know, when I, That was the only movie I've ever seen. When the movie was over and everybody walked out, a full theater walked out in utter silence. Most people going, what the fuck did I just see? And other people going, what the fuck did I just see? You know, I was. I remember the, a lot of suicides after that. I was at the, the ladder. Wow, Pominger, one of them. Anyway, Jesus, I gotta look him on Facebook. I hope he's doing okay. My number four is directed by uh, um, Mikey Takashi. That's a audition from nineteen ninety nine. Okay, same year. Audition is a great mm-hmm. film. The Japanese horror thing started really moving in with things like Ringu, which, yeah, which been, is ninety eight, which has been mentioned. Reggie yeah. mentioned that one, so that's really cool. But to me, I really love Audition. That movie is really cool. I love the way it 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 kind of says something social because it's about this woman who's like preying on these men who are only preying on her to be a, like a potential wife or something like that. But like the movie is very tense and very creepy. And the music, when when we did the music segment, I should have mentioned the music in audition because the music is so effective. Do you remember like seeing the bag of bodies move? During that one bit, you've seen this movie, right? I've never seen this film. Are you serious? I'll be straight up with you. you Usually, have I to lie watch about shit on the show. Wait, yeah, it's a Japanese it. horror film. Yes. Yeah, I, I haven't it. seen it either. It's and Mi- I'm a pretty big weeb. Miki, <laughs> Miki Takashi, like the guy that did Itchy the Killer. I like, know what that is. Oh yeah, dude, you have did to. He watch also Audition. do Itchy and Scratchy. Is that the same guy? Uh, no, uh, Audition's amazing. My number three, 1992, that. Sam Raimi, Army of Darkness. Oh, Army yeah. of Motherfucking Darkness. That was one of my favorite movies ever growing up. It was the first one of the Evil Dead movies that I ever saw. I didn't realize. Yeah, that there were I started other with movies. Army of Darkness as well. Yeah, same. Yeah. Me you too. You borrowed my damn did. special edition VHS and you damaged it. You remember that? You're like it got caught in my player. Yeah, and you had to pull it out, and it was always damaged. And I'm like, that son of a bitch is me worth something. You know what's worth now? Nothing. It's a fucking VHS. <laughs> but I will tell you this. The Evil Dead franchise are the movies that I have bought the most from VHS to DVD to Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Number two, 1996, Wes Craven's Scream. Oh, Good yeah. Call. I love Scream. It's amazing. It's a quintessential sl- uh, slasher horror film, but it really obviously self-aware, like we talked about. It is Wes Craven realizing that the time of the 70s and 80s has passed, and now it's time to reflect on that and what it actually means and what it actually means to mythology, right? And what story means to that. I love it. New Nightmare's really good, but to me, I really like Scream. It just still Scream has, is phenomenal. Scream has the thrills for me and a great soundtrack. My number one movie, Steve Miner directed this one in 1998. It's Halloween H2O. I'm not I knew H2O nice. would make your top five, so I, I was ha- really surprised you hadn't mentioned it yet. Out of all the movies in the 90s that are horror, and there's so many great ones, Sixth Sense, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, Gremlins 2. Right, I got other on my list that I got that got knocked out. Two Evil Eyes, The Dark Half, right? Um, seven amazing movies. Scream Two, which is probably just as good as Scream One. In it fact, is. I could actually say my number two is a tie between Scream and oh, Scream Two. Cheater. Uh, anyway, but Halloween H Two O to me is the one I watched the most. It's my favorite soundtrack. But is it is Halloween your favorite horror franchise? No. It's, it's up there. My the favorite top, horror though. franchise is probably something like the Universal Horror Dracula okay. or something mm. like that. But I know Halloween's up there for you. Big out, Halloween Out fan. of Freddy and Jason, it's definitely Mike. But I do like 
Pinhead better than Mike, but I think Halloween has more better films, more better, more better films more than better. than the Hellraiser franchise. Do you get I think only his friends oh, call easy. him Mike. Are you friends with Michael Myers? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's not a hard. No, comparison. I, I just love this film so much. It takes it takes a lot from Scream, but I actually I like it better than Scream because it's Michael Myers. Yeah. So absolutely. You don't and have any qualms with the that the mask changes halfway through the film I and hate, if they tried to fix it with CG. I hate that the mask doesn't cover his entire neck. That's the only problem I have with it. But it's a great I, cast. I it needs to end there. You know, there's a perfect Halloween trilogy. You ready for this? Halloween. Halloween four. Oh, you skipped over the one with the mask. Well, here's the thing. You, <laughs> Halloween three. Well, I was, I was gonna say <laughs> the only ones I actually think are really good. Are one, three, four, and H two O. Three is the return, right? That one's people. Wait a minute. Oh, four, that's not. That's the return. trick or treat. That's one, one. with little Jamie. Okay. I like. Four is the I return. like four. That people love. Okay. I do. I like three. I think season of the witch is a really. But good it doesn't movie. really yeah. go with that. No, none yeah. at all. That's the one I like the most. Number three. two is necessary for H two O to make sense. Yeah. Because it introduces the sister idea, but I don't like part two near as much. But anyway, um, the perfect trilogy would be one, two, and that one. And you skip Jamie. But I think Jamie, I think Halloween 4 is amazing. But H2O is amazing. I love it. I love the music. LL, LL makes it through the fucking movie. Yeah. Right? And and it's got dreamy ass, what's his name? Josh Hamilton? Hartnett. Hartnett. Oh, with with that cowlick that never dies. I think He's Josh so Hamilton skinny. was a president. Is LL Cool J like? Is LL Cool J like the filmographer? It doesn't. Isn't he filming everything? He's part no, of like, no. He's, he's the a security, uh, security guard. guard. Okay, uh, for the school because it takes place at a school. And okay. he's trying to write like these erotic romance novels on the side. By the way, was it LL Cool J that got murdered at the beginning of Scream Two? Who was that? No, LL Cool J is not in the Scream films. The beginning of Scream Two was Omar Epps, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Omar Epps and yep. uh, Will Smith. Jada He's in it for Jada all of Smith. all of two minutes. Yeah, and Jada Pink. He gets killed in the bathroom, doesn't he, at the theater? Yeah. But that's my top five. It was a good top that's five. That's a good top right? five. They, 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 they parody that in one of the scr- uh, scary, yeah, scary movie movies. Yeah. When he gets a dick through the... Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> the scary movie franchise, the first two, the first three yeah. are great. We had I wish to, like, those were 90s because those are fun. We worked at the theater. Yes. At least I, we worked at the theater. We had to like card people as they were going into the theater. Because of the, yeah. yeah. Because of the dick through the year. We had year. so many kids trying to get in there. <laughs> Hilarious. Not 90s, but funny stuff. Um, great top five. I'm surprised by some of the films on there. Like I didn't expect Audition. And, but I'm not surprised that Halloween H2O is on there. Since you're a Michael Myers I guy. just love that. And you know that's one of my favorite Halloween movies. I remember when it came out, were you working in the theater at the time? Because I was. No, I wasn't. But it was the first Halloween film I ever saw in the they, theater. They stealthily filmed that and kept her being in it as a secret. Jamie so it was, Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah. So it was a big fucking deal, her return to the franchise. It was a big deal, dude. And I remember how big a of a deal it was. Deal. And I really think that movie captures the point of the franchise the best. I love the fact that it's H2O because it's based on 20 years. But at the same time, it wasn't like on a boat or anything. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not aquatic at all. Yeah. And it's also got uh, the dude from Third Rock in it that was in, uh, he was in Dark Knight Rises and he was in. in Joseph Gordon Levitt? Yeah. Yeah. Joseph yeah. Gordon Levitt. Yeah. He's one of the kids that gets, uh, I don't think he gets killed oh, yeah. at, the, yeah, at the very beginning. Yeah. The hockey, street yeah. hockey players steals, or whatever. He steals the beers from yeah. the fridge. Yeah. And yeah. His from greatest film, by the way, Looper. If you haven't seen it, Looper's phenomenal. I haven't. Have you seen Looper? Holy thing. shit. Isn't he like young? He's Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. <laughs> yeah, he, does, so he does a great Bruce Willis impression. What's your top five, John? My top five. 
First off, I'll start with a no, with the bullshit, but honorable mention or whatever. Um, my number five, slightly different than yours, but again, some overlap. Number five, Halloween H two O. I think it's a good film. I think it's got a great cast. I think it was again, it was a pretty big fucking deal for it to come back, and they kept it a secret for a long ass time. It wasn't like they promoted it year beforehand, or there was. Leaked images of, hey, she's returned to the franchise. So it was a pretty fucking big deal that she came back. I like H2O, but it has its flaws. They they tried to, too hard to be the, the teen-centric, focus on the, the popularity of the, the other films had, like okay. Scream. And it's got a poor, it's got George Clooney light in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And on top of that, it's like they made a mask that wasn't close, and then they, they changed the mask to the end of the film, but it's jarring, and they tried to fix it in CG, but it looks blurry. I don't know. I wish they would have gone with a better mask, but I still enjoy the film, and it was still really cool to see in the theater. That was the first Halloween film I saw in the theater because I was too young for the previous film. Same. And I was on a date, and this girl was freaking out, never saw a Halloween film, and so she kept pushing up against me the whole time because she was freaking out, and it was amazing. See, I didn't have my first movie dates until the next year, and it was Lethal Weapon 4 and Armageddon. But I saw Lethal Weapon 4 with two different dates. I bet Armageddon's nice. a, probably good, a pretty good date movie. It feels like... It like, was. Yeah, it that feels like a pretty good date movie. I wasn't. I don't think I was old enough to be dating at that time. I think I was more <laughs> emotionally distraught at the end of the movie, though. I was like, no, Ben Affleck. Oh, he's safe. Don't worry. Oh, no. Also, <laughs> I like, had a big crush on Ben Affleck back then. I think I still do. I can see that. I cried. I think I still do. Ben Affleck's he's, he's pretty, a, he's he's pretty a, hunky. Yeah. He's and a, and, a, and I hated to see Bruce Willis go because he's part of one of my favorite 90s movies, Hudson Hawk. I'll die on that fucking mountain. And Danny Aiello. Yes. Great cast. Yes. Talk about a great film. Not a horror film. What do you think? Okay, I haven't seen the new Halloween film, but it completely unwrites H2O. Do you, yeah, it do you like that one better everything. than H2O? Is that one yes. better than H2O? Oh, my God, yes. Oh, shut the fuck up. No, I'm not I'm not even joking. H2O is the greatest 90s horror film. Yeah, but it's a better <laughs> film. It's Well, no, but it's, the, it's, it's a better film. Okay. It's a much better film. Okay, I'll check it out. So, uh, number four, The Sixth Sense. Here's a film. I'm glad somebody said that. Here's a film that I worked at the theater when it came out. Yeah. I never saw it at the theater. It was in there even after the DVD came out, John. It was still at our theater. Yeah, we had it for yeah. a long time. Yeah. So I ended up watching it at home with my lady friend, and I was blown away by the twist. She's like, oh, this is so predictable. I'm like, I did not see that goddamn twist. She must have heard that shit. This is the, the first, out of my house. This is the yeah, first you time. Leave. This is like the first like big film for M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. And and his best. It is terrifying. It's, it's all so, down. You don't know what's there. you don't. Well, Unbreakable's <laughs> great. I like Unbreakable. I like Signs, but yeah, rewatch them. Yeah, Unbreakable. Signs, gets, I like Unbreakable signs. was ruined by that shitty sequel. Anyway, <laughs> Glass is terrible. Glass is. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Some people see the glass is half empty. I see it as a shitty film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so. Uh, that's a great film. It just I didn't expect the twist, but also you go back and watch it, and it's so bizarre and dark. Yeah, so well acted, and it's it's amazing film. It's so subtle, yeah, and 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 depressing. It is very depressing. It's, it's very morose. Bizarre. I mean, you know? the, I mean, think about how depressing that it, he, the motherfucker finds out yeah. he's dead. He's still been going yeah, to work he's been for sh- several years. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, like, Jelani <laughs> just posted that thing the other day, and yeah, it was like, the thing like, about the sixth sense that would piss me off if I was a ghost is realizing I found out I was dead and still been going to work. <laughs> yeah, if, if there's a way to like kill that's your ghost most, self, I would yeah, kill my ghost self. That's the most real that. statement about a 90s horror movie I've heard yet. <laughs> my number three is Scream 2. Nice. Ooh, good Cruise call. control. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a great cast. It's great to see uh, our cat come back and 
and Courtney Cox, to see that cast come back, especially you think he might have died after the first one. And Nev Campbell. Yeah, Nev Campbell, the whole cast. Sydney. Returns. It's a great, the bad guy in it is great. He's, I know he th- the guy's a dick, but. Timothy Oliphant. Tim- he lo- fucking, so Robbie loves Timothy The dreamy <laughs> as yeah. Timothy Oliphant. So it's, it's a great cast. It's a great film. It's a great follow-up. It, it came out fucking the next year. Scream came out in 96. This came out in 97. So this is a fast sequel, but it was done right. It's in the soundtrack. Holy shit, is that a good soundtrack? When we talked she about has to shoot Jerry O'Connell. Oh, yeah. not Jerry oh, O'Connell. Oh, my God. No. And then you're like, guess what, Nev? Not the killer. You're wrong, Wait, Sydney. She, she shoots him. She, she thinks it's Jerry O'Connell. No, she, she thinks he's the killer. Him. Yes, she does. Oh. No, she doesn't. She shoots him right in the chest. I just yeah. watched it she today. Know? I thought no, she shot him uh, in the chest. Who well. shoots him in the chest? No, the um, Timothy Oliphant does. Oh, maybe but she, she hesitates. Does, though. And he shoots. She, who? Okay, who here? Raise your I hand. Twisted. Who here hasn't shot Jerry O'Connell in the chest? I mean, oh. I might have by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I did it for charity. Okay. Uh, my number two would be Scream, the first Scream. Ah. I remember seeing it in the theater. I know his number one. I remember how Scream how zero. graphic. <laughs> <laughs> I remember how graphic it was because I'm like, man, because they they seem to sanitize horror films and screams, even though it was not crazy over the top, but the actual stabbings yeah. seemed like real stabbings. Also, you thought Drew Barrymore was the star of this movie. Yes. <laughs> Like a Drew Barrymore film produced and starring Drew Barrymore, so it's a it's a great concept. It's a great that's also got a great cast. I love it. I'm a Wes Craven fan, dude. Talking about uh, stabbing the stabbing scenes in that movie, the end where the two guys are stabbing each other in the kitchen to make it look like they're they were attacked. You were telling me you did that at a party for shits and gigs when you were drunk. Cause, because I saw it in a movie. <laughs> With old Ski I'm easily influenced by media. Yeah. <laughs> I just wish I knew Ski Ulrich. I mean, what's up, Ski? <laughs> it's got to be hard Ski, to Ski? stab somebody. And like, yeah. okay, you got to stab me. We're going to pretend like we got... That's got to be difficult. Like, no one cool you're going to be stabbed. Yeah. It's a fucking bizarre scene. Oh, but, uh, okay. Yeah, not cool is the wrong word. <laughs> Good, I'm not... I, I don't trust you anymore, girls. <laughs> it's acted great. So, uh, why did you buy me that knife for Christmas, anyway? <laughs> Number one would be uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Which, oh, of course. Which mm. I guess I kind of... So Army of Dark... You don't think Army of Darkness is a horror film? I love Army of Darkness, but it's too slapstick. And maybe if I... Maybe make my number six. I do love Army of Darkness. I can't... I've watched it so many goddamn times. Yeah. It's a great film. I love Bruce Campbell. you got to draw a line, though, making your top five. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the line you Unfortunately, yeah. it's Wes Craven heavy. But I love Wes Craven. I won't. I'll never be ashamed of my Wes Craven. Before you get to badness. that, before you get to why, no silence of the lambs from anybody. Eh, I don't think I'm it's really, that great. It's I all right. I had to take it off as not a horror movie. It is. It's but a psychological. I mean, like Hannib- yeah. Hannibal <laughs> exactly. Lecter, scary and all, but like as a movie, I, sh- I don't know. It's hard to sit through. It's not that it's like gory or scary. It, I, it's just yeah, slow. I, if I was doing a top five best. It may be on there, yeah. but I was, yeah. we were doing top five favorites, and that's yeah. the difference, right? Exactly. Yeah. When, I was making, when I was making my top five, I decided that anybody who was in a film was eliminated from the top five if they wrote Wicked Game. So therefore, <laughs> he's in. He's in. He's in Silence of the Lambs for like two minutes. I forgot his name. Musician. What's that musician's name? Chris Wicked Isaac. Game. Chris Isaac. Thank you. Fuck. <laughs> I like Chris Isaac. But anyway... Is a person, not necessarily his music. 
Um, <laughs> it was just I like the meta ness, but if it was you. nice to see. It was nice to see Robert England reprise the role. Yes. It's nice to see Wes Craven on film playing himself. Do you like himself. the claw? I like the claw. It's different. I like it. Though. I like to see Nancy come back and take the role back. Yeah. It's just the cast. I mean, it was if you're if you're a Freddy fan, it was like your wet dream. Like, hey, we're gonna bring everybody back and. And even Nancy, and we're gonna do a sequel, and it's super meta, and like, oh, geez, oh, Pete. I mean, it was. And Wes Craven's in it. Yeah, Wes Craven's in it as Wes, Wes Craven. Craven. And Robert England plays Freddy and, and Wes, Robert. Yeah, and, and Freddy plays Craven. himself. Fre- Freddy, yeah. each credited is himself in yeah. the it's, credits. It's, it's such a good film. It's super and, meta. Yeah, and I think it was so great. After, I like some of the films that aren't by him, but as far as the Freddy franchises go, the best ones are ones he's involved with. And him coming back and basically bookending the series and be like, here, we're going to do it right. So good. By the way, the West Craven, uh, Craven's family, Craven's estate, just got the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise back. So it now belongs to the Craven estate. So his family owns the rights to it. So New Line no longer does. So we'll see what happens with it in the future. But I have really good, uh, I have faith in the family more so than I didn't like the shitty remake. And I think most people did. Nice trash. It's not good. So I think now that the family has has the rights to the film, I'm really excited to see the direction of the franchise. Should they choose to revive it, they don't have to probably. But yeah. So hopefully they bring that kid back if they do. He's one of my favorite like '90s kid act. He's in a uh, kindergarten cop. Yeah. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. It's not a tumor. I learned yeah. something today on the show. <laughs> 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 um. Okay. We're going to go to the final thoughts, but uh, just for you guys know, for people listening, if you're anticipating the next episode, it is going to be a Michael Keaton episode. <laughs> it will be I keep six pushing hours it. long. No, it's going to be a video games episode. You're thinking, you're th- probably thinking to yourself, listen to the show, hey, you guys aren't a video game podcast. Podcast. But fuck it, we're doing it. But you know what? We'll also be talking about our favorite video game movies and TV shows. Yeah. And our favorite video game, uh, maybe in pop culture, because it's definitely influenced pop culture yeah but if you've watched if you've listened to the nintendo podcast you pretty much know my top five video games <laughs> robbie doesn't play a lot of new games <laughs> i might throw pong on there because oh. i finally started beating it earlier this year mine might be zelda heavy hmm. i'm just throwing that out there because it's the greatest franchise of all time like in all media yes you know what? I'm surprised there hasn't been a like Zelda movie because Nintendo will not give up the rights. I'm surprised. Nintendo's been since the Mario debacle. Yeah, I can debacle, see why. <laughs> Nintendo has been very guarded of their property. They're like no movies, and Zelda is a big property for them, so they don't want to burn bridges. Well, Mario's doing fine. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm saying they're guarded with that. Not if they yeah. make another movie like that. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> they're very it. guarded, especially in 2019. Oh boy. Although they've made <laughs> some. Good choices because the new Pokemon was actually really good. Detective Pikachu was good, and they and Ooh, they yeah that was good. And Nintendo had to prove that. That was yeah, a good so movie. Just get Danny DeVito to play Link and it'd be uh, good. <laughs> why not just make a Super Mario CG animated film? I, well, they're working with Universal, and apparently Universal is make a completely not CG animated Mario film. That's cool too. So we'll see okay. what happens. But they don't do a live this. action. Yeah, no, not, we can't no, do that. They're doing an animated film. You could do see. You could do Zelda live action without problems. I don't know about Mario. You could do Zelda very much like a Lord of the Rings. Just, exactly. Type thing. Are you gonna watch a two and a half hour movie? I don't know why it's so long. We'll talk I, more about where that he next doesn't time. where he doesn't talk. Link doesn't talk in the games. Okay, 
You'd have to talk in the movie, John. You'd well, have to yeah. get over that. No, I'm saying it's not. Nintendo You'd won't let it happen. You'd have to get over that. Nintendo won't let it happen. Oh, that's stupid. I'm saying it's it never, stupid as hell. It'll never become a movie because... There's so much lore there. Yeah, but they're so guarded with their franchises. And do a Metroid movie. Fuck, do a Kirby movie. I would love that. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about that next time. Okay, sure. we'll talk about that next time. Closing thoughts. Talk about 90s movies. How they moved you. How they changed you. How, what do you think of them? Let's start with Jeremy Day. Yeah. Who's about to transition to Jeremy Knight. It's very late. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's past my. It's not past my bedtime. I'm a grown man. Anyway, <laughs> um, it is getting there. It's getting there though. Um, I go to I go to bed at two p.m. every day. By the way, this is a week night. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, wetness day. Um, I've been pronouncing it wrong for years. Yeah, I know. I know the true meaning of the day, because I am a day. Um. Anyway, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, day man, tell us your uh, uh, final anyway, thoughts. Nineties horror is a. It is very definitive of the, if it's a uh, era, like there's no other era that came after like that. And even before we had our slasher films, but they were like the progenitor to what was coming. Like Wes Craven was like, "Hey, I'm gonna redefine all this, you guys." Um, we had Scream and all those films. Like there was a very, like I said, it's very distinctive compared to other horror uh, eras. Um, we got a lot of movies that also led us to like um. Like the early two thousand style of filming and early Justin just fucked up a thing here. Um <laughs> but um basically it led us into like a whole new like like with the found footage with Blair Witch. We wouldn't have had like Chron- Chronicle or Paranormal Activity without that. Um so there was like just a whole definitive part of the nineties that made it very it made it very special, I think, at the time. And it helped define some stuff going forward in film, in horror films specifically. 90s was special. Speaking of special people, yeah. Goldsmith. Hey. He is special to me. Aww. <laughs> Are you going to ask a question? <laughs> <laughs> I was staring long into you, longly into your eyes. I got distracted. And that mustache. He's got the great yeah. he's got a great Mario mustache by the way right now. Hmm. So what's a you, Goldsmith? <laughs> what do you What do you think? 90s movies, what's your closing thoughts? My closing thoughts on this podcast are the Night Flyer by Stephen King is a good movie. I would fight yeah, me. I will grant you that. I don't know. This I'll Night fight Flyer you over movie. this. We're gonna fight in here. It's better than Tommy Knockers. <laughs> well, that that's not hard to beat. That's in a really low fucking bar. <laughs> Just saying, dude. It's so good. Miguel Ferrer. Going, Did you see that image I put so up good. by Francavilla from on about the Night Flyer on the PCP Army yesterday? No. Francisco Francisco Francavilla is a comic book artist who does. Uh, an image a day every October for Inktober is something comic book artists do where yeah. they, they try to do an image a day. He does horror related this year. It's all Stephen King. Yeah. He did a night flyer one. It's amazing. I'll show it to you. Oh, please do. But that's a good movie. And if you hadn't seen it, you should watch it because it's good. Don't be disappointed by the end. I'll lies. Allow I'll allow it. Hardcore lies. Don't listen to that. Robbie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Closing statements. Well, the 90s horror films may have seemed a little cleaned up. They may have seemed a little cliche at times. They may have seemed a little too led into the idea of that we can hide the fact that it's a horror film if we uh, call it a psychological thriller. But um, I, do, I do like them. I think it's a very definitive statement. I don't think it's as strong as, say, the 70s or the 80s 
or the 2000s even. I'm very excited, actually, in the future to do a 2000s horror podcast. Oh, we're about to close out. Maybe next Halloween, the 2000s. Right? We're close to the 2010s, John. <laughs> yeah, John. You're wait, way behind. Wait a minute. Anyway, I got to get a new calendar. I think they're great films. I think Wes Craven <laughs> dominated this era of film, and I really think it's because he took a, a look at what made horror movies horror movies and kind of made fun of it and at the same time reinvented it with Scream and New Nightmare. And I think the 90s horror films, especially with Blair Witch, Sixth Sense, they started becoming a little bit more filled with notoriety. These are some of the first horror films outside of The Exorcist that really got serious Academy Award um, acknowledgement. The Sixth Sense, Silence of the Lambs won Best Picture, you know, even though it's a psychological thriller. Um, but I love this era of film. I think it's great. And we'll be Didn't Seven win an award as well? Probably for creepiest Kevin Spacey. Except for in real life. But uh <laughs> yeah, I, like, I don't know, real Kevin Spacey's scarier. <laughs> but uh <laughs> oh, and shit. be sure to join us over at patreon.com slash PCP for the PCP after hours where we'll be talking about a lot of fun Halloween stuff. Yeah, I have nothing else. Uh it's really a great decade of film. We have some cool concepts, we have some some new uh, new film types emerging. <laughs> what do you think about, like, uh, we talked about the found footage and the Japanese film starting to make it over here. And so we have that, and that's towards the end of the 90s. But, I, and, and yeah, well, they sanitized some of the films, and maybe it was over, t- over teen-centric, and maybe every other film was written by Kevin Williamson. But it was still a great decade for films. They gave us Scream. Yeah. They gave us A New Nightmare. It's It feels like that, Kevin, uh, that Wes Craven had his almost, like, second wind. And he had some great, I mean, he had great films in the 70s and great 80s, but he definitely found a a, a new audience in the 90s. Yeah, and a resurgence. And yeah, I'm grateful for that. And that's because he teamed up with, of all things, like motherfucker writing for Dawson's Creek. <laughs> if you would have told me that before, I'd be like, no, that doesn't make any sense. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Tune in next time for the Video Games Podcast. Check us out on, uh, we're on iTunes, we're on the website, download us. Maybe you've already. That's how you're listening to us now. I don't know. If you're if you're on iTunes, check out the website. There's a lot more content on there, including Robbie's videos. Check out the YouTube channel. Um, we have a store. Check out the store. We appreciate you tuning in, and we'll check you out. Same Freddy channel, same Freddy time. And uh, be careful when you go to sleep tonight, because Freddy, Freddy may get you. He may get you in your dreams, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>